Welcome to your sanity safe space. Not a fucking issue. With your favorite YouTube podcast duo. You're fucking white male. And a white female too. Saving the millennial generation in weekly installments. <laughs> Live from a castle tower and his mother's basement. This, this is Beauty and the Beta. And we will make America great again. I believe in the sand beneath my toes. The beach gives a feeling and a deep feeling. I believe in the faith that grows. And the bow I coast can make me cry. When I'm with you, I feel like I could die. And that would be alright. Alright. I know about. If they don't reach a certain threshold, I cannot tell ice about it. You wouldn't believe how bad these people are. These aren't people. These are animals. And we're taking them out of the country at a level and at a rate that's never happened before. Hey, goodbye. Every day that you think you've seen it all, calling people animals is not a good thing. He insulted us once again. I think clearly the president wants a war against Latinos and against immigrants. You can't be serious, man. You cannot be serious! You are fake news. Very fake news. We'll do it live! Fuck it! I'll write it and we'll do it live! Yeah. 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 It's Laurel. All I hear is Yanni. Oh, man, that's Laurel. Who's Yanni? I hear Coke Hello and welcome to the show. It is a great show. It is a terrific show. It is a tremendous show, perpetually on the edge of catastrophic <laughs> failure before live. It's like we're setting up. My computer's like, hey, I'm just going to reset all your settings and delete all the work you've done before going live just to give you a mini heart attack. But... My skill is always superior. And here we are, right on time. This is, of course, Beauty and the Beta. My name is Matt Christensen. I'm flanked on my right, as always, by my wonderful co-host, Blonde. Welcome. Hello. You are fresh back from your trip to Southern California. We'll get an update on that shortly. But first, uh, the news stops for nobody. Not even for you, unfortunately. (laughs) And there's plenty to talk about this week, just like any other. That's Uh, a lie. We're just going to talk about the royal wedding for 90 minutes. I was was thinking about some kind of trollery uh, on that end. But I can't even bring myself to do that. That is... I have have such distaste for the royal wedding that I can't even joke about talking about it. Yeah. Because I just don't care. The best I part of not... the royal wedding is that it's over. Indeed. So uh, before we get to the two big stories of the night, the uh, the school shooting in Santa Fe, Texas, and the absolute hack job media and Democrats did against the president regarding his animal commentary about MS-13, I have a couple political ads that will not disappoint. One you've seen, a couple you haven't seen. This All is right. a this is like a mini surprise. I wouldn't call it cringe. It's just I'm. I'm excited for your reaction to one, to a couple of these ads. Uh, Candace Owens, Candace Owens, red pill, black. She got backlash on Twitter this week for tweeting about blonde's disease <laughs> with Kathy Griffin and Sarah Silverman and, um, and uh, Chelsea Handler. Ooh, and they're all terminal. Indeed. Yeah. But, uh, but, but uh, Candace has taken the blunt, the, the, the blunt, the brunt. What's the word I'm looking for? Brunt. Candace is taking most of the heat for this when it's something that you and I talk about all the time. So yeah. whatever. De- deflect to her. 
plus, we'll talk about the controversy of the week. Yanni versus Laurel. Everyone was talking about that this week. But there's an even better one that's not circulating. Uh, did you listen to this Brainstorm versus Green Needle? All I heard was Green Needle. Okay, we'll, we'll play it live, and I'll prime your brain, and what you'll hear will change. Uh, and then we have a, a de- another demonstration how Democrats are going to lose in 2018. <laughs> Keith Ellison yeah. wants to regulate CEO pay. Awesome. That's that's what awesome. we're going to do. We're going to set minimum and maximum wages, and we'll control everything. Why not full communism? I don't know. We'll 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 hear what Keith has to say about uh, about this plan. Starbucks is back now, saying uh, you can do pretty much whatever you want in Starbucks stores. You want to go in there and set up a camp? Starbucks will let you do that. Just don't call them racist, please. But there's someone new calling them racist because apparently they wrote Beaner on a coffee <laughs> cup this week in, in Southern California. Uh... And lastly, a story out of Canada that hopefully will answer a real social justice pickle. What happens when a Muslim spa, spa worker refuses to give a tranny a Brazilian wax? I do love a story of leftist cannibalism. Who should be forced to do what? We'll have to wait and see. Uh, And of course, we will take Super Chats in between topics. We read 10 bucks and up on the Sunday show because, of course, we are no good low-down money grabbers. We regret the policy, but we got to keep the Sunday show moving along. It will be all this and more in your favorite couple hours of listening material. Thank you for liking the show on YouTube. Thank you for reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. Thank you for supporting us on Patreon. Thank you for emailing us. That's beauty in the beta at gmail.com. You want to take the show on the go and listen to the audio formats. It's all available wherever you find your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher. They're all linked in the description for you. And you can take us wherever your travels may take you. So tell me about uh, your trip. Tell me about your week. Oh, it was just, you know, when you haven't seen somebody in that long, it's always fun. It was it was very sweet. Um, but we did go to Disneyland and that was a hellish nightmare just filled with like the fattest people I've ever seen in my life. I'm like, how did these people get so fat? We actually talked about it a bunch. We're like, what do you think they're eating every day to get so fat? You know, crying kids and a bunch of adults with like little ears on. I'm like, this is too gay. We are never coming back here. We're never taking our kids here. (laughs) So you've waited for your deployed fiance to get back from Afghanistan. And all you've got to say is all those fatties at Disneyland, man. Yes, but that's the beauty of being in a relationship like this because we were able to share in the misery together and make fun of fat people, and it was a bonding experience. <laughs> you're going to get us in more trouble now. <laughs> Remember, email the person you're mad at. Right yeah, now. me, me. No, but the people watching is a, is a great uh, activity to yeah. share with somebody, for sure. Oh, yeah, totally. Um, Southern California looks like shit it looks terrible every time i go back there i'm like Whoo. oh boy he was dropping me off at the airport this morning and there were just giant potholes all over these san diego streets it's like hmm. it's like looks like they're doing no maintenance there they're bums rummaging through trash cans i'm like i just left bum town to come to bum town the entire west coast is just a bum strip <laughs> i know I, th- this is a side story i can't remember if i mentioned it live or not and you know be quick because i don't want to deflect from from your story here, That's but I, but we were talking about San Francisco because you always tell me the stories about the syringes and the stuff in Seattle and how bad it is. And I read a story in the San Francisco Chronicle about the syringe problem in San Francisco because they're just like Seattle. They give out free syringes yeah. so people don't get diseases. It's so bad in San Francisco now. They have 10 full-time employees whose sole job is cleaning the streets of syringes. Yeah, they need 100 full-time employees. It's they unbelievable. Really do. Unbelievable. It's, it's crazy. I mean, that was that was pretty much it about Southern California. Um, well, we stayed on a little llama farm, so that was nice. Oh, cool. Yeah. Did you like find that on Airbnb or something? Yeah. Oh. It's a pig. 
It was, well, it excellent. Was I'm, I'm glad he's, I assume, well, I guess we don't have to talk about him too much. I know I'll, I, I'll stop my questions there, <laughs> uh, but I'm glad, I'm glad to hear. I'm glad to hear everything worked out well. I'm glad that it uh, sounds like you had a happy week. Yeah. I didn't read the news at all, so I'm woefully underprepared for this show. That's all right. I read some things. I'll try to, <laughs> I'll try to guide the ship. But before we do that, let's take a look at some of the um, artwork submissions that we got. This Man, Rich is, um, Rich is really busting my chops this week. Rich, who gives us the alternate reality all the time. Uh, Rich asks us, did you hear of Marvel Comics announcing a Muslim superhero? Well, this is my retaliation to that. Non-PC Comics prob- proudly presents the mighty hijab puller and the trusty yet indecisive sidekick <laughs> Beta boy, I have to give Rich a fake you news. You are fake news. Very fake news. I am six feet tall and very decisive. No, I said he's four foot 11 like one time and everybody <laughs> went nuts. Um, Skag this really whole is- show is nothing but a demonstration <laughs> in my decisiveness. <laughs> That's true. Rich. That's true. <laughs> the Appreciate grand it, irony man. of this show. Uh, very well done. Good Photoshop. Uh, I appreciate I appreciate the effort. Thank you. Uh, and Travis had... Travis created some submissions for our merch shop we have the podcast graphic hijab that you're modeling and i like the, it i like it i'm anti-19th amendment change my mind shirt i like that too you might consider buying thank you travis oh somebody pointed out we're so stupid somebody pointed out in the artwork last week you were sitting next to me in the artwork because you were trying to change my mind oh okay i guess i figured you'd sit across from it but i guess that's well, not I how feel it like works we- probably should have figured that out but people in the comments were like you guys are so stupid <laughs> yeah that's fine that's that's par for the course and fuck you about your iran discussion <laughs> <laughs> also it's pronounced epitome <laughs> I know. yeah yeah uh this artwork is from Jin, who apparently emailed it for the hundredth episode but someone didn't check the email could inbox. it be me that's caesar's job anyway very cool i uh i i think he titled it looking forward to it looking forward to it very cool uh and i think he said he gave you devil horns because he was bitter about the fact that you didn't see this in the inbox for <laughs> the hundredth episode fair and then we got this email from um from josh or this artwork from Josh called Internet Superheroes or Internet Heroes. So I guess it's, again, my movie ignorance is going to show, I'm guessing this is some sort of um, Avengers play, right? Uh, yeah. Some comic thing that I don't watch yet. I don't know, but he did <laughs> anyway. say that he did, he did this while he was at his left-wing job. Ah, well, <laughs> the gang's all here. I, I'm curious because I was searching for who's in who's out i noticed i think ben shapiro is absent is he i didn't see ben shapiro in there i thought huh oh i do see some tucker carlson lauren yeah. southern all right alex all jones right. the gang's all there i'm just wondering did ben get slighted i love this because i can see what i would look like if i had a way better yeah. body than i do <laughs> and if you're looking for us we're in the bottom right hand corner yeah thank Blondes you josh. In the right there thank you josh okay I really wanted to uh, to talk about these political ads. Um, first up, actually, is one you've already seen. This is this is your guy in uh, Georgia. What's his name? Mike Williams. Mm-hmm. This is Mike Williams. He's running for Georgia governor. He's one of five currently seeking the nomination. He's touring the state in um, in a bus, but it's not your normal political campaign bus. Let's see what Mike Williams has for a campaign bus running for Georgia governor. Hi, I'm Michael Williams, and boy, do we have some exciting news to you. 
We have our bus tour ready to go, but it's not gonna be one of those pansy political bus tours. We've got the deportation bus. <laughs> That's right, you heard me. The Michael Williams deportation bus. You wanna find out where we're coming? Go to deportationbus.com. We're gonna implement my 287G deportation plan. That's gonna fill this bus with illegals to send them back to where they came from. We're not just gonna track them and watch them roam around our state. We're gonna put them on this bus and send them home. Go to deportationbus.com and find out where we're gonna be. See you there. I love it. I was gonna say, he seems like your guy. Yeah, I'm into it. What do you yeah. think? Uh, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I think it's funny. I don't know. I, I, I can't say much more than that. Do I oppose the deportation of illegal immigrants? No. Do I think it's? Uh, I, I guess. I guess I would say that I don't know Georgia politics enough to know whether it's politically wise or not. It seems pretty. I guess it seems from a political strategy perspective, it seems pretty divisive. But I don't know how. Can, well can that, he do this legally? What do you mean? I mean, are there any legal implications to, you know, rounding up illegal immigrants? <laughs> I don't think he can take justice into his, his own hands. I, I'm just getting some ideas. I mean, it'd have to be ICE that does the deportations anyway. Even as a state governor, I don't think he has authority to do anything like that. I think it's mostly show, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't think he can actually detain these people. But too bad. No, no, no. Because I like the idea. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just a showpiece. But of course, touring the state in a deportation bus, it, it sounds like that's what he's doing. It's not just a, a showpiece for a commercial. He's legitimately driving it around to yeah. his campaign tour stops. And uh, you can you can guess what would happen. Uh, Georgia GOP candidate Mike Williams or Michael Williams deportation bus breaks down. <laughs> that that title's a little or that um, the, uh, the title's a little misleading, I would say, because it didn't just break down. Uh, spontaneously or have some mechanical problem. It was actually water that got into the fuel tank at a stop. Uh, said, um, who was it? The campaign manager or spokesman, Seth Weathers, uh, said, we certainly would not blame this on Antifa or others who are openly plotting to damage or destroy the bus. We know the left would never stoop to such a pathetic low. Never. They'd never. So, oh, USA Today wants me to subscribe. No, I'm not going to do that. Okay. Uh, the, then I have so that's that's Mike Williams in Georgia. If you're in, uh, if you're a voter in Georgia and you're interested in checking out his his campaign, now Montana, where I live, uh, we have incumbent Democratic Senator John Tester who's up for re-election, and of course there's a whole line of Republican candidates lining up to oppose him. They have their primary coming up on June 5th, in which I just voted and sent my ballot off uh, yesterday. In fact, now I was not. Uh, previously aware of all the candidates on the uh, on the ticket, but one candidate made his case to me, so I ended up voting for him. And I, I got to say, this candidate has the most unfortunate name in political history, and I'm going to reveal it to you now. I'm Judge Russ Fagg, and I approve this message. As a former prosecutor and state district court judge for 22 oh, no. years, Judge Russ Fagg has made the tough decisions to protect our families. That's why Judge Russ Fagg supports the death penalty for illegal aliens that murder. Because right and wrong is black and white. Okay, <laughs> that's, that's Judge Russ Fagg from oh, Billings. Not everybody is in support of Fag's candidacy. So when I turn on the TV, I'm getting bombarded with these ads. Here's an ad from an interest group opposing Fag. 
When Russ Fagg claims he protected Montana families, he's not telling the whole truth. After Matthew Green assaulted a child, choked his wife, and came at her with a knife, he faced 50 years in prison. Fagg put him away for just five years. The mom testified, my children watched him beat me up for 45 minutes. Still, Fagg cut 45 years off the maximum sentence. Russ Fagg, he's tough on victims. Club for Growth Action is responsible for the content of this advertising. And um, and there you go. There's my ballot. It's marked. I, I, I hit that circle for Russ Fag. One I'm, fag. I'm pro fag, mostly because I I want the fag debates. I want <laughs> Senator Fag. I want this to be a thing. Yeah. Um, I, I was tweeting about this. Couple couple good uh, campaign slogan options. One from my friend Bad Beast. Uh, Russ Fag needs to campaign on the slogan. You're gay if you don't vote fag. <laughs> More importantly, a, what's his stance on LGBTQ? I don't know. He's running as a Republican. I don't know how conservative he is on the issue. I know uh, no one can touch it, but the the urge must be overwhelming. I would also be in favor of don't be queer, vote fag. <laughs> Look, if he does that, he's got my vote locked down. <laughs> but he he Russ Fag has been uh, he's a former state legislator from Billings. He's been a twenty year judge uh, in Montana's thirteenth judicial district. He is done big things despite his name i just can't imagine what it's like growing up as a kid oh, in yeah. school being named russ fag yeah good for him he's overcome the he difficulty. made it <laughs> he, yeah so every, every time i turn on the tv man it's I, I i see these and i i know it's juvenile i know it's silly but i just snicker every time fag <laughs> fag's a big pussy on crime <laughs> Fags of fag on crime. They might as well be. Just... Those two G's are not helping them out either. Yeah, yeah. When I first saw it, I saw a sign actually, and I thought, is that like fog or it can't just be Russ Russell Fag? Russell Fog. Nope. <laughs> but it's, it's fag. All right. Poor guy. You said you were excited to talk about um, Candace Owens. Oh, yeah. Otherwise I saw this known tweet as Red Pill just... Black laugh my ass off and then i didn't see any of the follow-ups until you put them in the notes but those were excellent as well so i uh i saw this happen in real time because candace tweeted this out earlier this week she says interesting theory presented to me at lunch do you guys think something biochemically happens to women who don't marry and or have children evidentiary support chelsea handler kathy griffin sarah silverman linking them in the tweet and people linked me to this tweet and i responded to it saying yes it's called blonde's disease find a cure and i just left it at that so i had seen this right away but of course this uh, this got a lot of attention. This got this got a lot of traction on Twitter. You can see thousands, ten thousand people talking about this, <laughs> and and the 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 people in question responded. Sarah Silverman responded. It seems to me that by tweeting this, you would like to maybe make us feel badly. I'd say this is evidenced by your effort to use our Twitter handles so we would see. My heart breaks for you, Candy. I hope you find happiness in whatever form that takes. Oh, uh, what an underhanded response. <laughs> Kathy Griffin also replied, if this tweet is an attempt to hurt my feelings, Candace Owens, it's not going to work. I'll be pissed if I have one egg left. Women like me, Sarah Silverman, Chelsea Handler, make decisions about our lives, thought you supported freedom. It must kill you to know you're a phony. Okay. Leftist and women don't support freedom. I, I always hear, like, um, do you know the show Fixer Upper? 
Is that the Chip and Joanna Gaines show? Yes, I love Chip and Joanna Gaines, but she's pregnant with her fifth kid, and all these leftists are like, overpopulation, and I can't believe that you would have five children, blah, blah. It's like, unless you're banging a whole bunch of dudes and having one-night stands and then aborting all the subsequent fetuses, leftists don't agree with your life decisions. Well, I I, I think it's a misread to say of Candace's tweet that women shouldn't have the freedom not to marry and not have children. She's wondering, are there consequences for not doing that? Now, maybe it is maybe it is in poor taste or a bad form to tweet them personally and attack the people. Whatever. But on the on. other side of it, is she wrong? You're going to look at Kathy Griffin and tell me, yeah, that's a sane, happy person. Yeah, she needed to also at who else? Rose McGowan, Ashley Judd, all the other people that are victims of, of terminal blonde disease. <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, I, I can I can see people thinking it's poor taste, but I, I also don't think this is an absurd idea to dismiss uh except for twitter's whitest night that's what i'm calling this guy did you see this guy's tweet he's a producer on the ellen show so of course we know that he's a very (laughs) very strong male supporter of feminist uh ideology apparently anyway he replies to candace delete this tweet then apologize to these three women then apologize to all unmarried women then apologize to all women who haven't had kids then apologize to all women who can't have kids then delete your account okay bro which um which sort of is only i think she's only like 28 or something and also she's a stone cold fox she's gonna get married and have kids Am I well? Am I correct in my understanding that Candace is at least unmarried and does not have children? I, I don't know that for sure, but as that's my. As far as I know, I actually am not positive, but okay. yeah, I, I think so. But if that's the case, then what we're witnessing is some male feminist lecture a single childless woman about what it means to be a single childless woman. That's what we're looking at right here. Leftist hypocrisy? No. <laughs> no. The important thing, though, is that Candace still has time, and these women. I mean, there's nothing that Sarah Silverman's in her mid forties, Kathy Griffin's in her late forties, fifties. Oh, she's, yeah, she's gotta be at least 50. I'm guessing. And Chelsea Handler is, is up there too. Now, what do you think? I couldn't figure out what Kathy Griffin meant by this. I'll be pissed if I have one egg left. What does that mean? She wants to be like Baron. She's happy about being She barren. She wants it to be over. That's what she's saying. Yeah. yeah. These women will act like they chose not to have kids and maybe they did but i think that maybe women don't realize what a grave error that is until later in life and that's what candace is talking about like we're watching women that decided that they were going to be childless in their 30s we're watching how that plays out in your 40s and 50s and it's just really really sad it's just you know who looks at kathy griffin and doesn't feel a little pity for her and part of that is choice. I will support any woman's decision to make this choice if she wants. But of course, choice. yeah. But I we think part of it there is are consequences. Like older yeah. feminists shouldn't yeah. be telling younger women that they shouldn't have children because it's only a cool decision when you're young. When you're old, yeah. it's just depressing because you have nothing left in your life. Yes, and that—that's what I wanted to get at. Is anybody who's making the, the truly making the choice on their own? Great. That's it's your life. Do what you want. But I do think there are some forces socially that tell women a big lie about what will bring them happiness in life. And that's really unfortunate. Yeah. I see articles all the time. Like children are the worst thing you can do for your happiness. It's like, maybe it's going to reduce your individuality and and what you can do, how much you can exercise that in your twenties and thirties. But nobody's really talking about how it greatly enriches your life. Yeah. And Candace is making a big claim here when she says, do you think something biochemically happens? Now she's not saying for sure, Definitely something biochemically happens. Candace, I think, is actually being 
fair in just asking a question here. The only yeah. thing that might be unfair is just being personal with some people. But but people, it, 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 we're at the point where you can't even ask a question like, hey, what do you think about this theory? I don't have any certainty about it. I think it's just a possibility. What do you think about this theory? And everybody just latches on with rage. Well, I because mean, even she, just I think the she idea. should have focused on the mental illness part because these hmm. people, these women, they they clearly go insane. You saw Ashley Judd at the feminist women's. I've seen Kathy room. Griffin's face. Remember, remember that like in her hotel room with her elf haircut, talking oh, about how right. she's owed like a giant venue or yeah. something. Yeah. yeah. That I mean, that's the face of a crazy woman. Something's clearly going on. It should be highlighted that that this is the end stage of of what your life is when you decide not to have children. Hmm. Candace is right. Good for her. <laughs> yeah, she didn't, at least as far as I've seen, I know she did a Periscope stream to explain herself more, but as far as I saw, I don't think she apologized or Good. backed down or anything like that. Never so, apologize. Yeah, and I don't, I, I don't know that she really owes an apology here. These people are public figures. Yeah. I'm sorry. Like, they're not small-scale... public figures that dump on other people all the time, and then they get a little pushback for their lifestyles, even though they shit on everybody else, and they're like, oh, I can't handle... I feel so sorry for you, Candy. What a bitch. Hmm. Ugh, Sarah Silverman's the worst. And all these women, not funny. That's the real thing. They're never going <laughs> to well, be that, as that's, funny as that's men. That's just redundant. What are you talking lives. about? I know. Never going to be as funny <laughs> as men. They destroyed their lives and all they had was their career. And they were like, oh, I'm childless and I'm not funny. Can you imagine that realization setting in in your late 40s or 50s? What a fucking nightmare. Well, I think that's true for everybody. And I don't, that's why I don't know that blonde's disease is exclusive to women. I think, um, I, I don't, I think it probably maybe, I don't know. I'm just speculating here. It seems like it affects women more. Yeah. But for both men and women, there comes a point in everybody's life where you realize it's nothing but downhill for me from here. <laughs> that, that's just true. And if yeah, you don't. Men fare better. Like you can still have your hobbies and like be, be kind of a bachelor. It's just not, you look at an old man that's alone and it's not as sad <laughs> as looking at a childless woman. I, I just, I do believe, especially as I get older, it's like there is a, it's a key piece of life to be able to watch your kids grow up as mm -hmm. you and your, I don't know, as your life, I don't want to say declines, but you know what I mean? Like you're, you're, it's you're, the circle you're of life. right. Your peak years are behind you and you sort of live vicariously through your kids. I think that's a necessary piece of psychological health for people as they age. Yep. And what would you do without kids in your old age? What yeah, would your I, life I don't consist know. of? I mean, I don't know. I hope I don't find out, to be honest. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, let's talk uh let's talk Yanny versus Laurel. I didn't hear anything about this. Until today? Until, until you today, showed up? Yeah. Most people are familiar with this because it it just went crazy uh on the internet this week. But I want to play it a little bit. So basically the the idea here is this is an audio clip. Um, from a recording of J. Aubrey Jones, who's an opera singer. He was speaking the word Laurel as one of 200,000 reference pronunciations pronounced and published by Vocabulary.com in 2007. He's saying Laurel in this recording. The discovery of the ambiguity phenomenon. So some people hear Laurel, some people hear Yanny, and it's about a 50-50 split according to a Twitter poll of, of 500,000 people. 53% uh, for Laurel, 47% for Yanny. This oddity was discovered by a uh, a high schooler a 15 year old named katie hetzel at flowery branch high school near atlanta georgia and she posted the description of this oddity to instagram on may 11th so a week and a week and change ago and the illusion kind of blew up from there it was it really uh, caught fire thanks to youtuber chloe feldman and her twitter account so let's have a listen to some of the audio clips here 
this is uh this so this is the audio clip with the pitch unchanged laurel 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 okay so what do you hear laurel i hear laurel there as well but the deal is so the the explanation here is that um well so according to um some experts so this is from uh, Jody Creeman, a principal investigator at the Voice Perception Laboratory <laughs> at the University of California, Los Angeles. That's a job. Says the acoustic patterns for the utterance are midway between those for the two words. So Yanni and Laurel actually have similar acoustic patterns, and it depends on what part of the frequency range your ears are hearing. And that's what's crazy for me is when I hear it right now, I hear Laurel. Me but too. if I hear it on different speakers... With the pitch unaltered, depending on how those speakers play, because the certain frequencies are higher volume or lower volume, I can hear Yanny. This is like that fucking blue gold dress situation. Exactly, but it's audio only. Just wait till uh, the brainstorm okay. thing. Okay. So you'll notice now. So if you change the pitch, Laurel. that's the pitch higher. But I still hear Laurel. I still hear Laurel. Yeah. Okay, so that's Laurel. frequency up a little bit. Laurel. Now, Laurel. if you're like me, if we drop the pitch you'll hear yanny did you hear i did yeah okay so that's the idea is it it changes it changes what you hear can change based on the frequency and that can also vary based on your ability to hear certain frequencies so older and younger people older people i think tend to hear yanny more than younger people if I'm getting that correct. Or it looks like the live chat is largely agreeing with us. Laurel. Laurel, Laurel, and then Yanny. Yes. Okay. And, and to me, that's a pretty, uh, uh, that, that, that's a pretty plausible explanation. Like that doesn't blow my mind that you could hear something different based on differing frequencies. So I thought this was interesting, but I thought the fighting about it was kind of dumb because it's like, well, you know, it's, it's the same. It's the same reason like some old people can't hear certain high frequencies because right, right. you just hear things different. Wasn't there a New York Times article about this? Oh yeah, yeah. I, like a lot of the the experts I cited are in this New York Times really explanation. Really, riveting Newsweek. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But but I, so I don't want to spend too much time on Yanny versus Laurel because I think that's pretty straightforward. The next one is the one that blew my mind. Because this one is crazy. So it's a similar, it's a similar clip. Um, the explanation here is that this is a clip taken from a 2014 video by a YouTube vlogger, Dossum Rider, a reviewer of collectible toys, who was reviewing a little toy of a, from the show Ben 10 Alien Force, this character named Brainstorm. You press it and he says his name, Brainstorm. Now what's crazy about this is you might hear Brainstorm or you might hear Green Needle. But if you think of either of those words before you hear it, generally you'll hear that. So if you think brainstorm before he says it, you'll hear brainstorm. If you hear, if you think in your mind green needle before he says it, you'll hear green needle. And interestingly for me, I can even interchange them. Well, uh, other people can too. I've heard this explained. So I can hear brain needle or green storm (laughs) if you, if you mix them up. And what's crazy to me about this is they don't, Brain, brainstorm and green needle don't even have the same syllable count like how yeah. is it possible that those could sound the same so so let's check this out this is brainstorm and green needle green needle 
Okay. So d- what did you prep yourself to hear? Green Needle, but all I heard is Matt is a faggot. <laughs> no, so I heard t- Green Needle, though. Okay, so, you, so now, so you prepped your mind to hear Green Needle and you heard Green Needle. Now it's the same clip played again. Prep your mind to hear Brainstorm okay, and see that. if you hear Brainstorm. Okay. okay, so it changed for you based on your based on your reaction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, now just I'll let it play. Think green storm and brain needle. Okay, and see if those play for you. Did it happen? Yes, this is Isn't, wild. It's yes. making me not trust my own brain. Yeah, that's what a lot of people are saying. And it does, um, uh, I thought the dress was pretty interesting when you could have people perceiving something visually much different. This audio perception is, is even crazier to me. Uh, here's what uh, uh, Valerie Hazen, a professor of speech sciences at University College London, tells The Telegraph, the riddle is not dissimilar from the Yanni Laurel case, explaining the signal is more ambiguous here which may favor the more easy switching between one and the other. The effect seems to work as follows. When you think green needle, you hear that word, but when you think brainstorm, you hear the other. Basically, you are priming your brain to expect acoustic patterns that match expected patterns for a particular word. When faced with an acoustic signal that is somewhat ambiguous because it is low quality or noisy, your brain attempts a best fit between what is heard and what is expected. So it's just like confirmation bias. Kinda, but it's like, but it can change how you actually hear something, Ah. which is just insanity to me. I I listened to this, I don't know, dozens of times, like, no, it's going to be wrong one of these times. And every time what I'm thinking is what it says. And sometimes I even try to play tricks with myself. Like I'm going to think brainstorm. And then last second, I'm going to green needle. And then it (laughs) it goes green needle. (laughs) Like it just, it's, it's insane how much that works. It really blew my mind. Oh my God. Yeah. Now, of course, uh, the the White House had to settle this, too. Did you see this White House video where they went and asked all their staff about what they hear between Yanni and Oh, Lamoth? I just saw the tweet. No, I didn't see this video. Oh, yeah. No, I thought this was, uh, this was really good. So this is the White House walking around asking White House staff, do you hear Yanni or Laurel? And Trump's response is great. So clearly Laurel. <laughs> now, see, what's interesting there is when I hear on the phone, I heard it saying Yanni. And then Ivanka goes, so clearly Laurel. Remember earlier I heard Laurel, but I think it's because of the high frequency in that cell phone being People recorded. People in the live chat said it's different if you have headphones in. Yeah. And I noticed that because if I play it over my computer speakers here, which have a subwoofer, a deeper sound, uh, or at least higher volume on the lower frequencies, then I hear Yanny. Anyway. It's Laurel. Definitely Laurel. It's Laurel. But I could deflect and divert to Yanni if you need me to. It's clearly Yanni. Yanni. Definitely Yanni. Yanni's a winner. Laurel's a loser. Sarah, it's been reported that you hear Laurel. How do you respond? Clearly you're getting your information from CNN because that's fake news. Uh, all I hear <laughs> is Yanni. Oh man, that's Laurel. <laughs> Laurel. It's, it's Laurel, America. Definitely hashtag Laurel. Yanni. Who's Yanni? I hear Kofefi. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was great. Oh, cute. Yeah. 
Of course, if you go to the tweet where that's hosted or the YouTube channel where it's also hosted, everyone's just raging in the replies and comments. Don't you have real problems to solve? How dare you spend time making this video? Oh, it took everybody it's, two seconds. I know. It's like, Jesus Christ, guys. And they and I want to be fair, too, because people did this to Obama, too. If Obama's doing the NCAA brackets or whatever else, it's like sometimes the president's a person, too. Can we just chill out for a second and just have a good time for five freaking minutes? My God. That video is for like 45 seconds, right? Um, yeah, something like that. So, I mean, it was just probably just a camera guy and someone else walking around talking to these people at the White House for 30 seconds apiece, you know? I thought it was cute. I, um, well, the, the, co- the Kofefe line uh, really got me at the end because <laughs> uh, I was not expecting that and I thought that was well placed. <laughs> Last thing I wanted to say, I wanted to give a shout out to our friend um, Seamus over at, uh, at Freedom Tunes for his... Um, his reaction to Yanni versus Laurel. Uh, some people hear Yanni, some people, some people hear Laurel, which isn't that weird considering quote, I believe in free speech is often misheard as quote, I'm a literal Nazi who wants to kill you. So, you know, just different people hearing different things. Thanks to frequencies. Thank you, Seamus. Yeah. Good for him. Okay. That's all the, uh, that's all the silly stuff for now, at least, because we got Texas shooting news to get in and then this MS-13 stuff to get into. But uh, I presume we probably need a break before we do that. We sure do. All right. Let's go through some of these. Very generous tonight, guys. Thank you. Um, Maria Jameson, big donation. Thank you. Love you guys. Keep the good work. Thank you. Freshinator 2. Oh, I got to skip that one. A three-sided coin. Hey, guys. Stopping in to say hi. Blonde, are you pregnant yet? (laughs) I wasn't going to ask. But I sure hope so. You know, once I get pregnant, I still can't tell anybody for three months. So everybody's just going to have to chill out, okay? Um, You're glowing. Yeah, you're pregnant. Side note, have time to watch you live. No, I don't want to talk about it. (laughs) Well, thanks for supporting the show. Uh, Neo Unrealist said everybody check his channel out. Thank you for not watching the Royal Wedding, Matt. Matt Card not revoked. Who actually (laughs) watched it? I did hear that there was some big speech about slavery or some shit <sighs> i don't i couldn't tell you i didn't pay attention she to any gave of a speech later and said that she's a proud feminist it, this this whole thing is such a debacle it's like an old american chick like the like the royal family wasn't a joke enough thank god for kate mm. at least we have kate classy kate. that kate middleton though my goodness yeah she does everything right i don't think i've ever heard her speak and it's wonderful megan's <laughs> gonna be doing all these talk shows and shit i already know she's gonna be annoying uh gouda says have some shekels a long time no see guys thank you Freshinator 2, okay, you assholes, here's my cheap ass. What? Chuck Schumer's grandparents were members of an international violent drug cartel? That's news to me. But I heard it on the internet, so it's probably true. If we heard Especially it in on YouTube. Chat. Yeah. It's true. Big LC, Matt and I once made love with some MS-13s. We were both arrested for bestiality. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> okay. Yami Okami, been watching you for months and your show is always my Sunday highlight. Can't join live because I work at night during which I have plenty of time to think of bad parody lyrics. So look forward to that. Thank you. <laughs> well, thanks. Look at man 917. Are insoles the male equivalent or at least a fair comparison to women with blondes disease? Thoughts? Ooh, we yeah, I talk about this, the Texas shooting, I guess. Well, there's that. Yeah, there's it has a at least some people are saying that's part of the story although i hesitate to use the term incel with a high school kid but um yeah that's true that but yes does does like does rejection by women do crazy things to the male mind yeah i i do believe that to be true and then you know not having sex is 
this inability to fulfill a biological urge. And that's the yeah. same thing with not having children. So, I mean, it's not a perfect comparison, but I can see that there's some similarities there. Yeah. Um, Charlene, JF, Garapier, and you guys have a growing crossover fan base. I think Matt should reach out to have him and all of you can talk catapults. I love watching his show because <laughs> Lauren Rose is on it now. Um, and I'll watch. Oh, are they doing like a permanent thing or what? Yeah. Yeah. Well, mm. for what I know, I actually don't know if it's permanent, but they've done, I don't know, maybe four streams together mm -hmm. and she's in his artwork. So I, I'm assuming that it's, that she's there to stay. <laughs> they, whatever. I was the original. <laughs> I was the I was the original guy with a racist chick co-host. <laughs> it's a great business model. <laughs> I started that, JF. Yeah, Lauren's wonderful. Come on, man. Uh, yeah. Troy Troy Sandwich says Ben Shapiro was Magneto, top right of the pick. I don't, I don't even know what that. Oh, I must have missed it. He's talking about the artwork. Oh, I, I was thinking. I was wondering if Ben. Uh, I'll I'll bring it back up. Continue. I'll confirm this. Bet Stirot. Love the show, guys. This super chat is 10% of my net worth because if it's Sunday. Sorry, Chuck Todd. It's not meet the press. It is too much Coors Light and irresponsible spending. Keep it up, <laughs> fellas. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. And yes, Ben must be the one in the like dark maroon color oh, there yeah. at the top right. I just couldn't tell because he was so covered up. You didn't just gloss over him because of his smug face. You can't even see his smug face. Yeah. It's, it's all covered up with a mask or a helmet. Good. Good. Um, Marilyn Pete still trying to figure out super chats. When are Matt and I supposed to make love? <laughs> uh, you gotta uh, just send me an email, Matthew L. Christensen at gmail.com. Yeah, he meets up with with all sorts of people. Yeah. Um, at truck stops in Bozeman. Uh, yeah. I, I'm a faggot. Said Russ Fag is a candidate I can get behind. If you know what I mean. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Gay. Rainier 10 cannot catch the show live today. Have a good one, guys. P.S. I am not going to Starbucks again since I'm worried my behind will get poked by a needle when sitting down at the toilet. And that yeah. is a valid concern. We'll get to that later. 100% reasonable if you ask me. Brianna, look at that. Brianna Haleman, longtime female fan of you guys. Figured I should toss some monies since your show doesn't suck. Thanks for the A-plus content. And thanks for <laughs> Thank being you. one of five female viewers. We appreciate it, Brianna. Kakorosu Shapurji Sabaji, Sarabji. Wow. Josh and Jess versus Sean and Chen Wynn. Hey, um, hope all's well with you guys. By the, by the way, have either of you played Heavy Rain? Old but great game and also a great treatment against Blonde's disease. I've not uh, played it, although I've heard high praise for it. I know it's a, I think it's a PlayStation exclusive. I do have a PlayStation collecting dust waiting for The Last of Us 2. So if I have some time, although I have like 50 games on my hard drive that I plan to play that I just never do. They're all filled with social justice warrior propaganda. You know? Probably. Old lady says, you're hilarious tonight. Thanks for the show. I assume you're talking about Matt because women aren't funny. <laughs> uh, Fat Hooligan said, Fat Hooligan? Fat, Fat Hooligan. Fat Hooligan. That must be hmm. it. Uh, Russ Fag, huh? I once knew a man named Dick Euler. Needless to say, he did not <laughs> pursue a political career. Well, cheers from Bumtown, Seattle. Keep up the work. Ah, oh, in Seattle. Fat Hooligan. Dick Euler. That's, that's oh my terrible. God. Um, my dad Thank told you. me that he knew somebody named Richard Head. I, I kind of never believed Ooh. him. Like, did your parents really name you Dickhead? I think my mom claims to know a Dr. Harry Wang, too, but that might be BS. I'll have to circle back with my mom on that one, see if it's true. Oh, boy. Uh, Joshua says, Sargon just started streaming, and I hopped on there real quick to tell him he was cutting into your stream. He said he liked your work, and you should have him on sometime. Oh, oh. oh funny. We should tried. we? Should we? Sargon? Sargon. Uh, no. Uh, maybe we can make it happen. Maybe we can make it happen. I have talked a lot of shit on him since then. Though. Well, all I can say is I've tried to make it happen. <laughs> 
Liberative. <laughs> no, I, I'm not. I'll perhaps I'll reach out. I don't want to talk too much shit. I like Sargon's one of my biggest influences. I'm just looking at you. Yeah. Uh, liberative. There have only been two funny women ever: Carol Burnett and Joan Rivers. Not even Roseanne makes the cut. By the way, so I was watching Roseanne and I was into it for a few episodes, but then it just turned into SJW propaganda. Like there was this whole episode on Islamophobia where like this checkout girl was berating this Muslim woman and like, go get on your camel. Like I've Hmm. never heard anything like that happen before in my fucking life. Like, come on. You guys had an opportunity to make a conservative show and you fucked it up. Hmm. Uh, Let's do a few more. Freshnator 2. When Matt is more of a cuck than Sargon of Akkad, all the women need to get impregnated by 20% for all the men. What, what did I say to oppose? I'm just saying, look, I, I, all I said was, I don't care if you choose <laughs> not to do it. Yeah, but I, I mean, do oppose the great feminist lie. I don't want to be lying to we also to have to look at these three women, you know, Kathy Griffin, Chelsea Handler, and I, Sarah Silver, and be like, do we really want these women to have procreated? Would that have made the world a better place? They would have hmm. just raised shitty, gender-neutral kids. I only oppose forced turkey basting. That's the only thing I oppose. I don't want these women um, mandatorily impregnated. That's the only thing. Uh, me neither. Blibbity blue. <laughs> hey guys, did you watch the free speech debate this week with Jordan Peterson? I did not because I did not do anything YouTube. I got based. several emails about this, and I'm sp- I'm supposed to check it out. Apparently, it was quite enraging. Oh really? Who was yeah. he debating? Uh, Stephen Fry was involved, and there was somebody else. Let me. I've not watched chat. it though. I should watch it for this. Adolf Hogg. I don't hear Laurel or Yanny. I hear Jambi Mekalaki he Mekalaki Heine ho. That's a reference to something I don't know. And they're going to make fun of us for it. <laughs> yeah. Or he made me some, say something racist and I don't know what it is. Let's just do two more right sure. now. Um, Mafia Gudio. I'll let you all know what it's like not having kids at an old age in about 25 to 30 years and no, no marriage or kids for this guy. I mean, hmm. I understand. I, it's not as sad for dudes. Um, and I don't think they lose their minds like women do. And I don't think it's impossible that there are isolated cases of people who genuinely do better and are happier in that in that scenario yeah, i just Coulter. yeah and coulter is a good example i don't think ann coulter is a genuinely unhappy person really no you just have uh, to have something wrong in your brain that makes you think it's hilarious when thousands and thousands and hundreds of thousands of people rail on you all the time <laughs> sure uh, okay last sure. one for right now three-sided coin i hear the mystery of my enemies crying in pain as i strike them down with the intensity of ten thousand suns laurel that yanny thank you um wow. we'll come back to these later yeah so let's uh let's get into this texas shooting so friday morning uh there is a 17 year old named demetrios pagortsis i do not know how to pronounce his name we'll call him demetrius he um he opens fire at santa fe high school this is about 30 miles southeast of houston he is using a shotgun and a revolver he he showed up to school with a black trench coat on reportedly just walked in with a shotgun under his trench coat on a 90 degree day and nothing suspicious there. Yeah. He killed 10 people, eight, uh, eight students, two teachers wounded 13. Uh, as of this weekend, after a press conference with governor Abbott and the Lieutenant governor, we'll take a listen to a little bit of that in a moment. Uh, the governor said two others are being questioned or were being questioned. 
There were also explosive devices discovered on the school campus and the surrounding area. These included a CO2 device. I'm not exactly sure what that means. Some type of carbon dioxide explosive. I, I, don't, I don't know what that is, but apparently that's what was there. And a, uh, a Molotov cocktail as well. Uh, there were two armed officers on campus at the time. And in the governor's press conference, um, he described uh, not only the weapons that were used, but how this uh, how it's believed that this kid got the weapons that he used. This 17-year-old this uh, was also a student uh, at the school, and there's some reports emerging about what his interactions at school were like now. Uh, before we get to those, I want to hear from the governor and um and uh, the lieutenant governor there in texas so here is some of that uh press conference there are two weapons one was a shotgun and the other is a 38 revolver and neither of these weapons uh, were owned or, or legally possessed uh, by the shooter it's my information that both of these weapons uh, were obtained by the shooter from his father. It's my information at this time that the father legally owned these weapons. I have no information at this time whether or not the father was aware that, that his son had taken these weapons from the father. There were two officers assigned to this school, plus a roving officer. The chief was on his way to the school when the first shots were fired. In fact, it was the chief who was able, we understand, to pull back the one officer when he was shot to pull him to safety. We may have to look at the design of our schools moving forward. There are too many entrances and too many exits. There aren't enough people to put a guard at every entrance and exit. But if we can protect a large office building or a courthouse or any major facility, maybe we need to look at limiting the entrance and the exits into our schools so that we can have law enforcement looking at the people who come in one or two entrances because from what we know this student walked in today with a long coat and a shotgun under his coat it's 90 degrees had there been one single entrance possibly for every student maybe he would have been stopped in other words we may need to harden our schools and make them safer yikes that was from the lieutenant governor there in texas now there's some additional reports coming out over the weekend about what this guy's life at school was like. So one of the mothers uh, or the mother of one of the victims tells the LA times that her daughter rejected repeated advances from this guy. Uh, and reportedly the girl stood up to him and embarrassed him in front of class. This happening, um, I believe last week or, or about a week ago. And if the reports are correct, that girl was the first one shot. Well, how did she attack. embarrass him? Do you know? Do you have any specifics on that? So all it says in the report here, I could find the exact quote from the mom. Um, Fisher finally so stood up to him and embarrassed him in class. The newspaper quoted her mother as writing in a private message to the Times. So that it doesn't actually give a quote. It just says stood up to him and embarrassed him in class. Presumably, he was pestering her. She said, "You suck. I don't like you. You're gross. Whatever." In front of everybody is what it sounds like. Mm -hmm. there, um, there are also allegations that the shooter was bullied. 
at school, specifically by a football coach at the school. But the school district denies this and claims its investigation revealed no such bullying. Uh, Governor Abbott also says authorities recovered writings from the shooter expressing a plan to commit suicide, but lacking the courage to do so. He is obviously not dead. He is in police custody. Uh, He has admitted to the shooting as well at this point to authorities. Now, a few notable things about this shooting. One, the weaponry. It was not an AR-15. It was not a semi-automatic rifle. Uh, The shooter is 17 in this case, so he can't legally purchase a firearm of any kind anyhow. Per Texas law, per federal law, there's, there's nothing really that could have been done legally to address this. He was already banned from buying a gun. His dad had some firearms in his possession, a shotgun and a revolver, and the kid acquired those, whether his dad knew it or not. Governor Abbott spoke to that, said, I don't have any information now as to whether the father knew he had taken these guns or not. Did you read anything about his home life? Uh, no, I don't Was know. his m- biological father or were his parents divorced? I don't know much about that, no. I should look into it. Mm. So... So I can't comment on that. But what is clear is, at least in this case, I'm not going to say in all cases, but in a lot of cases and in this case, there isn't a gun law. In fact, gun laws that exist should have prevented this. Right. A father can let his son use no a No AR-15 either. Right. An assault weapons ban isn't going to do anything. He, was, he can't go to a store to buy a gun. As far as I know in Texas, you can't legally privately transfer a firearm to a, to a minor. You can't give i can't go to if i lived in texas and i legally own a gun there i can't give him a gun and have him own it i don't think that's legal at least i'm 95 percent sure in texas that's not legal the only good thing here that could have uh, the only thing that could have solved this um, would have been good parenting one i don't know exactly what's going on in the home but you let a troubled kid have access to firearms yeah yeah you had a, you let a kid who was writing diaries about suicide have access to firearms and, and wasn't he wearing a shirt around that said born to kill? There was, there were some reports about his clothing. I didn't dive too much into them. He had like both communist and Nazi like elements of clothing. Apparently don't quote me on that. Cause I didn't look too deeply into that, but if the parents are claiming there were no red flags, then they were not parenting. Hmm. Well, uh, also, um, better school security as the Lieutenant governor spoke to. I mean, the fact that, they, that a kid can walk into school with a black trench coat and a shotgun under it yeah. on, a, on a hot day and nobody says anything. I, I get it. People don't want schools that are like jails or whatever. I, don't you think that's a little too relaxed though? Don't you think we ought to protect our most precious commodity a little bit better than trench coat guy with a shotgun can just walk in and nobody asks any questions. These Certainly there's very sophisticated plans. Most of the school shootings, they just walk in there and shoot at the Yeah. School. There's got to be something between trench coat can walk in un- uninterrupted and prison. There's got to be some middle ground there, I would think. There, now, interestingly, as I mentioned, the weapons are kind of a... Um, they're an anomaly to the narrative, at least. I don't know how statistically uncommon they are, but they're an anomaly to the narrative. That didn't stop a station in Austin from reporting that he brought an automatic weapon... To school, um, the suspected shooter, 17-year-old student, had an automatic rifle, a handgun, and a shotgun. This station, this ABC station in Austin is reporting this. Nobody else is reporting this, and it's still up on their website right now. Seriously, they didn't issue a retraction for there's that? N- there's n- it's still there. I'm looking at it right now. I could reload the page and see if it's still here. 
it's I reloaded it. It's still here. It says automatic rifle. Man, mind you, that's how much sexual frustration was. I mean, our, our audience knows our audience knows. But just to be clear, automatic rifles, not an AR-15, not one round right. per trigger, fully automatic machine gun. That's what this is saying. I wonder if they're going to issue a retraction. Probably not if they haven't done it already. <laughs> this is a few days ago. Yeah, it's posted. Um, interestingly, it says what? Oh, okay. It says published March 22nd because it's um, it's a look at every school shooting and the warnings. And then it's updated May 18th to include this shooting in, uh, in Santa Fe. And that's where it says a 17 year old student had an automatic rifle, a handgun and a shotgun plus explosive devices. So, you know, never trust these people to, um, to understand the weapons. Apparently it's, yeah. uh, I, I can't believe this is still up. Uh, but my last question, how long has L David hogg calls for banning shotguns and revolvers? Has he done it yet? I thought I he would have a tweet up by now. What, uh, um, I guess maybe their response would be, yeah, but look at all the school shootings that were semi-automatic rifles. we got to do something about it. This is the exception, not the rule. To which I'd ask, okay, all right, let's ban them all. Let's say nobody can access a semi-automatic weapon. Can you not see how the risk remains identical? Right. Ten people were just killed, 13 more injured. Uh, not when using this happened, this- my first thought was, oh, my God, not again. This is so sad. My second thought was, now we're going to have to hear from these Parkland kids again for the next month, two months whatever yeah I'm, I'm sure they'll be back i've not seen them pop up just yet i saw, I saw some I saw, of their tweets about it i saw david hogg and emma gonzalez had a some kind of speaking event in which emma gonzalez says you don't need an ar-15 to defend your home if you want to shoot that type of weapon join the military i wonder if she knows how many retired military defend their homes with semi-automatic rifles oh yeah lots <laughs> lots the kids that, teach us in this country skag deal with it but that's all. Yeah, I know. That's all I have to say on this is clearly we have a we have a parenting problem in play here. We have a school security problem in play. I think both of those things could have resolved this situation. You can't tell me what gun control would have resolved this yeah. situation. But some of it is I think it's weird gender relations. Like a, hmm. a lot of these kids are, you know, they're kids that are bad with girls. This is insult. You're right. I don't I don't know that I want yeah, to call 17. Them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, almost all boys at that age are involuntarily. (laughs) I I hope so. And I hope they're all struggling with girls to the extent that they're really trying and they're getting rejected a lot. That should be the 17 year old common experience. But we had nerdy band sluts to take care of. (laughs) They really saved a lot of lives. They did. Yeah. Thank you all you trombone. Those those Michelle's from American pie who (laughs) saved the world. Yeah. Yeah. Prevented untold numbers of school (laughs) shootings. Yeah. So, um, so obviously I, I hope the best for this community in Texas. I hope we can learn something from this. Uh, I am not persuaded that any type of gun control would mitigate the risk of this happening again in the future. What I want to see is exactly what the Lieutenant governor described. I want to see increased school security efforts. I want to see us protecting our most precious commodity like it is our most precious commodity. And I want to see it a little bit more difficult to walk into a school with a trench coat and a shotgun than it currently is. Anything to that end, I will be right. in favor of. I'm with it there. Hmm. So, uh, but speaking of Parkland, those Parkland kids, because this is not the only shooting update that we have. I've got an update on what's going on in Parkland. Plus, quietly this week, there was another school shooting attempt in Illinois that was thwarted by an armed uh, school deputy who mitigated or eliminated the threat. First, we'll get to Parkland because we'll start with sheriff's deputies who don't do anything. 
Uh, you'll recall Sheriff's Deputy uh, Scott Peterson in Broward County working under Sheriff uh, Scott Israel. Oh, I remember. Or is it Steve Israel? I always forget. Steve Israel, it's right? Scott, right? I forget. One of those S names. <laughs> it's Scott Israel. You're right. Uh, so Scott Peterson is the guy who was at, at um, Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in, in the Parkland shooting who didn't do anything, was armed on campus and basically stood outside while kids inside are getting shot off. And you'll recall he basically went into early retirement right after the event. Well, now he's in line, or at least he is already receiving. He's not in line. He's already receiving Duh. a monthly state pension of $9,000, or more specifically, $8,700, uh, according to the Sun Sentinel paper there. This obviously is controversial. The pension payments are based on the 32 years he worked and the average of his five highest paid fiscal years. Uh, there have been calls for Governor Scott to stop this, but Governor Scott cites uh, state law saying he can't, quote, because no charges have been filed. Uh, the state is required to provide his pension under Florida law, but our agency will closely monitor the FDLE, the Florida Department of Law Enforcement investigation for any updates. If FDLE has found that anyone has broken any laws, they will be held fully accountable. My first reaction was to uh, consider the public sector union, the sheriff's association there in Florida to be the primary culprit of this. Because even if you're, a, even if you're a stand-up sheriff's deputy, eight, $9,000 a month to retire. That seems a little lucrative. Um, I have to point out though, that Peterson was not a union member. Uh, these deals were negotiated by the Florida sheriff's association though. Florida is a right to work state per its constitution. Um, but it, this, this goes to show, I think a little bit, the, perverse nature or the corrupt nature of public sector unions when yeah. when the, the great thing about a private sector union is at least there's some adversarial force between the boss and the workers and they both need each other for the business to survive so they can't kill the business in a public sector union like this they're on the same team the unions and the politicians who yeah. work for the the union deals and there's no way to for the business to blow up because they're just negotiating taxpayer money right right so it's a really perverse system that leads that to $9,000 so $9, a month to retire after, I don't know. I, I, I haven't seen all the reports. I don't know if he was ordered to stand down or whatever, but at the end of the day, he stood outside with a gun while kids were being shot inside and he's retiring on $9,000 a month. That is sitting pretty. It's probably a pretty low cost of living out there. <sighs> yeah. Uh, I, I'd imagine it's hard enough to live on a day-to-day -day basis without reliving that incident a million times. I just, I just, I don't know. I don't know what it's like to accept a giant check while living with that too. I don't know. I wonder if he even feels bad. I would hope so. I, my God, how could you not? You were the only guy there with a gun while kids were being murdered. I mean, it didn't compel him to do anything about it. I, I always try to temper my commentary because honestly don't know what I would do in such a scenario. Now that granted, I'm not a sheriff's deputy, so it's not my job to neutralize right. such a scenario, but I, I don't know Would I run in and try to save lives would fear overcome me. And I would stay outside. I don't know. I try to be somewhat sympathetic to people who have lived that experience, but I just, I don't know how you can't live out your days on that cushy income without feeling a tremendous amount of guilt. And that's not the job for you though. Sure. I think that's fair. I mean, you have to be ready to do something like that to put mm -hmm. yourself at risk. If you're going to take a job like that, it's an implied risk of the job. Yeah, absolutely. What a pile of shit. Absolutely.
Now there's this other shooting in, um, in Illinois. And this is an example of a, um, a school deputy who did the, uh, did the right thing. Uh, this headline in the Chicago Tribune, things could have been much worse. Uh, charges are filed against an ex-student accused of exchanging gunfire with a cop at Dixon High School. So this is Dixon High School west of Chicago in Illinois. A former student opened fire at a graduation rehearsal. Authorities say the incident began about 8 a.m. This is last week. I forget which day. I think Wednesday. I might be wrong, but it's last week. When the suspect fired several shots near the gym, uh, the sheriff's deputy or the the school resource officer, uh, his name is Dallas. Dallas uh, has worked at the school uh, at Dixon High for five years. He rushed uh, to the area. He confronted the suspect who then fled, but with the officer in pursuit, fired several shots uh, so the, the school shooter kid, the former student, fired several shots at the officer, Dallas, but did not strike him, said police uh, chief Stephen Howell. The officer um, shot and injured the gunman after the suspect fired at the officer while trying to flee. Uh, so no one else was injured in the gunfire exchange. Suspect has non-life-threatening injuries. Uh, and there's more, actually, to say about um about this as well. So the, uh, it was originally reported. They didn't know how the guy got his gun or how this kid got this 19 year old got his gun or what weapon he was using. According to WGN channel nine in Chicago, a woman who identified herself as the gunman's mother told reporters, my son has been very, very sad for a very long time. That being the shooter. She said her son was bullied and ostracized at school and was beaten up in October. She said she doesn't know. Okay. So she said she didn't know where her son got the gun. I, I, I botched that a little bit. She, mm-hmm. The mom said she didn't know where the son got the gun. CBS reported later that the gun was a 9mm handgun the shooter's mom bought six years ago. Was it misreported so, or was, that, was she lying? Or she forgot. <laughs> she, I mean, either way, the mom is the source of the gun and the mom's telling reporters, I don't know where he got it. My but very my, depressed son, I better get him a gun. He's very, very sad. Well, it's the report is that she bought it six years ago, so presumably that would predate CBS, his struggles. I don't know. But maybe, maybe they they're pulling this out of their ass. Now, some some commentary on this. Remember, Illinois has some of the strictest gun laws in the country. So, any buyers, if you want to buy a gun in Illinois, you have to have what's called a FOID card. This is essentially a state issued license to buy and possess firearms. And if you buy one, you got a 72 hour wait time for handguns and a 24 hour wait time for rifles or shotguns. Those things did not stop this kid from acquiring a a handgun from his mom. Mm -hmm. Those, those, those gun control laws didn't do anything. This was not a breakdown in law. This was a breakdown in parenting. Yeah. Like we probably saw previously. (laughs) I know. Do you see a commonality in all of these cases? And what was it that stopped the threat, but a well-prepared uh, school resource officer who swooped into action and um, did what he's supposed to do. Yeah, and was this big news this week? I didn't even hear about this. Well, I didn't no. hear about a lot of news this week. No, I mean, it's like the case in Maryland, where, remember, the, the, yeah. the Maryland case is very similar. That was a guy who went to a school to shoot a girl who, who had turned him down, rejected him, right? and he was shot by the school resource officer. We do have a lot of patterns here in terms of like romantic rejection. Now, in this case, in this Illinois case, we haven't had any commentary on that, but we did hear commentary about uh, bullying at school, ostracism at school, beaten up at school, you know, a lot of social conflict leading to this. So th- this does not 
that doesn't mean that people who are bullied at school are justified in their shooting. Of course not. But it does mean that maybe we ought to keep an eye out for these types of situations and really get a handle on them. Do you know where dad is on this one? I do not. Did not see mention of a father. Mm. So, I, I, yeah, I didn't, I didn't see any mention of it. So maybe he's absent, but I don't know. Don't know that for sure. So, uh, anyway, if there's a takeaway from all these, from all these, uh, school shooting things, I think that's it. It's look what we're dealing with here. You think we got a gun problem, a gun culture problem that we got a parenting culture problem. And I think we got some kind of resistance to treating our kids like a commodity worth protecting like mm-hmm. anything else. Yep. So I don't know. Tell me more about how we need to ban AR-15s, though. I'll, yeah, really. We won't okay. protect them, but we will use them for political propaganda. I, I, yeah, exactly. All right. Next up, I got um, Trump calling MS-13 animals and the media and the Democrats just botching the reaction. Oh, God, but it's going to be a bulky uh, topic. So we should do some take a few. super chats. Um, AZ Archer, it's not just age, it's also gender. Women have a tendency to hear higher pitched tones better than men do. Probably mm. something to do with he- hearing babies cry. Yep, I've heard that. Ah. Edward W., when you played the Yanni clip, I heard Matt likes fags. I got to that joke first. Yeah, that's, sorry. That's, sorry, bro. Yep, you stole that one. Attack Alpaca, what's next? <laughs> Someone you. invents a particular piece of food where half the world thinks it tastes like broccoli and the other half tastes cake. Let the debate wage on. That is going to be the next sensory, yeah, the next sensory controversy. It'll be yeah, interesting. Yeah. Uh, let me reload this really quick. Wow, you guys have been very generous today. Um, Bob Smith, I did send a super chat to JF's show with Lauren Rose about this show. I didn't realize Matt would be so butthurt. JF is awesome. <laughs> no, I'm not. Obviously, I'm joking around. Like, I I, I like to think that I, st- I created this format. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, he saw an opportunity. Yeah. Uh, average apathetic American says, I can't rest on my laurels. I must brainstorm on how to get my green needle and Matt's Yanni. Oh my <laughs> I God. I had to see Kefefe all over his face. Love the show. Oh, <laughs> that, that deserves a sad bone. The old sad bone. Oh, tiny bear says blonde. My husband and I can't have biological children. I've come to terms with that. But what's frustrating is that other women, women who have had children keep telling me that I can always adopt. Can huh. I punch them? Yes, you can, you can punch them. Tiny <laughs> it's bit. not okay to punch a Nazi, but it is okay to punch those bitches. Is that what we're saying? Yeah, totally. That's obnoxious. Okay. I'm sorry that you are hearing that from chicks. That would piss me off too. Um, yeah, yeah, but we, best. we do need to keep in mind that there are people that, that can't have kids. I mean, who knows? It could happen of to course. both of us. Um, yeah, of course. I think um, the, the, the dispute here is telling people who otherwise could, persuading them in favor right. of a choice that is actually against their interests. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Without, um, you know, the potential consequences for later in life. Uh, thank you, tiny bears. Uh, I'm a faggot again. I know the constitution is important, but after the Santa Fe shooting, I'm convinced we need to ban assault schools. Th- that is, we're never going to solve this problem until we ban schools. He's, <laughs> he's right about that. Death field, a revolver schools, and a shotgun. You mean two firearms the anti-gun lobby claims is all you need and are as not as dangerous as those military-style weapons kind of blows a hole in their narrative, it doesn't. Right. Remember Joe Biden a few years ago? You don't need an AR-15 to defend your home. Buy a shotgun. Okay. Buy a shotgun. <laughs> Remember when he said that? Yeah. I tell Jill to go out on the porch and let off two warning shots in violation of Delaware law, <laughs> Joe Biden. Yeah. 
Uh, Joel Dykeman, reducing the amount of exit may make defending the outside from threats easier, but creates a horrendous bottleneck if they ever get past the door. Sounds like a recipe for a horrible idea. That didn't occur to me, but that's true. The, yeah, and you probably have some, the, the lieutenant governor spoke to this a little bit. If you're having hundreds, or in some cases, in some schools, even thousands of kids trying to go to class all at the same time, you really got a logistical problem. So you're going to have to, I don't know, stagger classes or something like that. What about so having like, are- you can barricade off certain floors things like that sure or or you could at least limit the entrances so that there's some sort of guard presence at each entrance it doesn't have to be one i wish we didn't have to do this but here we are but if you're a big school presumably you could afford to have a few guards to guard a few entrances maybe Uh, not maybe they're struggling more than i know i guess Josh Harmon says the Peterson debate was horrendous. Dyson, the black dude on pro political correctness side, did nothing except mm. deflect actual questions and grandstand about how victimized blacks are. Was uh, it Michael Eric? Dy- was it that guy? That guy? He was. It was. Uh, I gotta look this up. Man, am I gonna? Have oh, to it looks like this? it was him. Because remember, that's one of the guys who showed up on Bill Maher's show and flogged him for part of the hour long oh, thing yeah, about saying right. the N word. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and then Bill, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Oh, God, I don't think I can handle listening to that, but maybe I'll have to. Ugh, it's going to be painful, but not everybody's talking about it. I really yeah. want to. Um, Jacob Boyd, great show. Keep the good work. Thank you. We appreciate it. Uh, John Martin, great as always. I've now given you more money this month than Ben Shapiro will get for me the entire year. Looking forward to your take on Mike, Michael Eric Dyson and the recent Monk debate that includes Jordan Peterson. I guess I got to check it out. But Ben's okay. He has Helix Sleep and Birch Gold and Bull and Branch. So he'll be just Taking fine. Thank you for supporting the show. Appreciate Reside it. Coin, ban children. No more children allowed. Problem solved. <laughs> See? I'm helping. That's Sarah Silverman's solution and Kathy Griffin. Yep, the ticket exactly. to happiness and school safety don't have kids. Maybe they've cracked. You the can't case. like that thinking black guy. You can't shoot up a school if there's no school to shoot up, right? Uh, no kids to go to school. Yeah. Uh, Radicus, the Peterson debate was between Peterson and Fry, pro free speech and reparations, Dyson and Kami, Michelle Goldberg, political correctness. Oh boy. Sounds oh, great. Geez. I can't wait to tune in. I know it's it's going to be painful. I still am going to watch it. Um, Jay Parker says, great show. Thank you. Evan Thompson, why since Columbine have trench coats not been against dress codes at school? I'd like to point out that this kid seemed at least a bit influenced by Columbine, the bombs, trench coat, the emblems. Hmm. Um, yeah, that's probably true. I and forgot maybe about uniforms that. Would help. Ooh. Hmm. I think uniforms would help bullying. You wouldn't be able to pick out the poor kid as easily. There's an interesting argument there. I could I could see that. Uh, I mean, I, I know I would have hated it as a student. Oh, and, I would have loved it. Oh, my God. Oh, I would have hated it, but. You wouldn't have to pick out clothes every day. It would be sweet. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Everybody's mm. so worried about kids being able to express their individuality through clothing. Who cares? Yeah. What, what, you're going to make Desmond, the drag queen, dress up in a little boy's school uniform? You that would bitch. definitely solve that problem, at least <laughs> at school. All right. I'm sold. I'm sold. I if know. it disables his degenerate mom, I'm in. Yeah, where's dad on that one, too? Yeah. Future school shooter. Um, Redica says, so you're telling me that these kids got their guns illegally like 80% of gun crime really makes you think. I know. Um, okay, that's the last one for Yeah, me. I don't know what the... Like, if you're a dad, you can allow your son to use a firearm. Uh, presumably, there aren't going to be charges against the Santa Fe shooter's dad because he was in legal possession of the firearm as far as we understand now. And his son took them... I, I don't know. I just... I don't think there's going to be any... I don't think there's going to be any illegality about the possession of the firearm there, but but the point is, yeah, to your point, this kid can't go to the gun shop in Texas and buy a gun right, anyway. Right. So, 
It's almost as if existing laws wouldn't have prevented any of these things or laws against murder. Huh? We just have to make murder double illegal. Double illegal. Yeah. It didn't stop him. Okay. <laughs> All right. We're good. Okay. So this is a, uh, I this, did hear about this this week. Oh, this okay. week, this, this week was just, it, um, it was one of those media botching in, of Trump coverage for the, uh, it, it, I don't know, it was up there with all the worst ones that we've gone through. It's a classic example of Trump using blunt language in a specific context, and then they cut out that context right. to make it sound like he's saying something that he's not. So most people have heard about this this week, but give you a recap if you haven't. Trump is hosting a meeting at the White House with California law enforcement officials who oppose the state's sanctuary status. So recall that California is now a sanctuary state. California will not help ICE and federal law enforcement with information about illegal aliens in its state. Right. In fact, these sheriffs, these um, law enforcement personnel, these sheriffs, people in California from whom we're hearing in this clip, they not only they can't like it's I I believe if I understand correctly, it's actually a crime for them to help ICE. Like they can't help ICE in any way. Great. That's just great. So to set up the, the commentary from Trump, we're hearing from Fresno County Sheriff Margaret Mims, who said state law forbids her from telling U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement about undocumented immigrants in her jail, even if she suspects they're part of a gang. And she references MS-13 specifically, and Trump responds... And that is where we get uh, the heart of the controversy here. So let's uh, let's hop into what Trump said first. So here is the original comment. Thank you. Why would there be an MS-13 gang member I know about? If they don't reach a special, certain threshold, I cannot tell ICE about them. We have people coming into the country or trying to come in. We're stopping a lot of them. But we're taking people out of the country. You wouldn't believe how bad these people are. These aren't people. These are animals. And we're taking them out of the country at a level and at a rate that's never happened before. Okay. That seems fairly obvious that he was not talking about all immigrants. They didn't, they didn't botch this. They, they deliberately misled people about what he said and used selective editing, as they always do. Yeah, I want to talk uh, at the end about how much of this... Because I, 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 I think the only thing that's up for debate here is... To what degree is it malice versus laziness? Because I can see, I can grant the idea that not all of them are being malicious. What I think happened is maybe a few of them did what you described. And then, and then several others just ran with the narrative because they're too lazy to do the checking this is themselves. ninety percent malice. Sure, maybe maybe we disagree on the percentage. Point is, I don't neither think of still those give people the benefit of the doubt. Why? The point is, neither of those things are good. It's like, do you want a malicious reporter or a lazy one? I'd prefer neither. I'd prefer people yeah. who get it right. I'd rather have a lazy reporter than a malicious reporter, though. Uh, I don't know. I think they both get you to the same place in the end, which is misinformation. You can improve somebody's work ethic to a higher degree than reversing their... See, you want honest but lazy. Yeah. Yeah. So here's some examples of all these reporters just running with this, omitting the context. The AP was the worst offender of them all, deleting their tweet that said, Trump referred to those crossing U.S. border illegally as animals and slammed California sanctuary state laws as deadly. There are um, several more examples of this. Yes, AP deleted that tweet and took it down. And then they put a new one up that said AP deleted a tweet from late Wednesday on Trump's animals comment about immigrants because it wasn't made clear that he was 
speaking after a comment about gang members, but it's not unique to to the AP. Look at all these examples in this Hill piece here. New York Times, Trump lashed out at an undocumented immigrant at, at undocumented immigrants during a White House meeting, calling those trying to breach the country's borders animals. CBS News, these aren't people, these are animals. President Trump used harsh rhetoric to describe some undocumented immigrants. During Which a ones, pray tell? <laughs> That, that's, I mean, that's even more malicious to your point because it, it implies to me that they know he was talking about not all. I know, some. semantics. And I guess that's true. Some. But... To me, that reads more malicious than laziness because they, sure. yeah. they know that he was not talking. He was talking about a specific subset. I mean, come on. But, all of these people, if they watched 30 seconds of this clip, they knew. It was really clear. They all ran with this. ABC, NBC, CNN, uh, all of these places. And... um. And I've got a video example here from from NBC News. They just play the clip. We have people and coming into the. Look at what's overlaid. President Trump describes certain undocumented immigrants as white at a White House table. Country are trying to come in. We're stopping a lot of them. Yeah. But we're taking people out of the country. You wouldn't believe how bad these people are. These aren't people. These are animals. And the alt media did this too. This is David Pakman over on his show, just completely obliterating the context to what happened here. Listen to this. Anyway, they're teeing up questions for Trump and Trump starts talking about immigrants that are being deported as being animals. Can anyone really imagine any other president talking about people who want a better life in this way, people who are risking separation from their children because they want a better life for those children? That's what it means to be an animal. Oh, this yeah. is the language of an authoritarian members. dictatorial type, right? There's no denying oh. it. We can't soften the language. This is dehumanization, plain and simple. And it's one of the steps that exists when we see authoritarian dictatorships start to take hold in history. <laughs> okay, my last video was for that little guy. He needs a testosterone infusion. That's who I was talking to. Hey, come on the show anytime, David Pakman. I'd love oh to talk God, to you. Interestingly, what a liar, 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 liar. You know exactly what he meant, all of you. David Pakman put up a video this week, too, ripping the intellectual dark web, calling them all fake intellectuals, pseudo intellectuals, wondering why people are attracted to them because they're so obviously dumber than David Pakman, who's of superior real intellect. Meanwhile, he's misleading his audience to this degree. So tell me, David Pakman, are you malicious or are you a pseudo intellectual? I really want to hear. No, but or he's are you smarter both? than his audience. And so he needs to lead them, guide them to the yeah. light because he just knows better than they do. He's just giving them the information sure i've never heard so, of this guy he's he's alt media oh yeah he's got a he's got four hundred and fifty thousand youtube subscribers no big shit. Yeah. oh yeah <laughs> now in his um in his subreddit people linked me a while back uh there were people like a dozen people talking in his subreddit about me posting about me calling me a pseudo libertarian fascist saying <laughs> <laughs> apparently david's audience loves the word pseudo because he's a big oh. fan of the use of the word pseudo or the prefix pseudo and, uh, and yeah, all these people were saying, someone needs to knock down this pseudo-libertarian fascist. All he does is talk to his adoring audience or something. We need to rip him down. And I did tweet David Pakbin and said, I, I know you didn't write this, but I, and I'm not holding it against you. I would definitely talk to you at some point if our audience wants to have some kind of discussion. I, I never got a response, though, but yeah. I'm open to it. We're not going to get anywhere with that fudge packer. Are you serious? <laughs> fudge pack man. Oh, my God. I'd give you a rim shot, but I have to click off this video here. So (laughs) 
Let's get to Nancy Pelosi and Luis Gutierrez, House members, condemning Trump for this commentary. These are not people. These are animals. The president of the United States. Every day that you think you've seen it all, along comes another manifestation of why their policies are so inhumane. Calling people animals is not a good thing. He insulted us once again. So here's what I think. I think clearly the president wants a war against Latinos and against immigrants. Let's remember, you might make that distinction between members of MS-13 and the rest of the Latino community and the rest of the immigrant community. I assure you that most of Americans don't make that distinction when he's- Bullshit. Bullshit. They don't make that distinction. Yeah. Anyway. Says we're animals. Okay, so Trump, Trump gets asked about this at another meeting in the following days and confirms, yes, I was talking about MS-13. And then we'll hear Sarah Huckabee Sanders just smack a guy around verbally for asking about it at a, at a White House um, press briefing. Could you clarify the context of your use of the word animal yesterday in referring yeah. to some people who are animals? Well, it has nothing to do with this meeting, but I'm referring, and you know I'm referring, to the MS-13 gangs that are coming in. These are animals. They're coming into our country. We're getting them out. They come in again, we're getting them out. So when the MS-13 comes in, when the other gang members come into our country, I refer to them as animals. And guess what? I always will. Cool. <laughs> what did the president mean when a he said- A big swing and dick, that's why we love it. Uh, the president was very clearly referring to MS-13 gang members who enter the country illegally and whose deportations are hamstrung by our laws. This is one of the most vicious and deadly gangs that operates by the motto of rape, control, and kill. If the media and liberals want to defend MS-13, they're more than welcome to. Uh, frankly, I don't think the term that the president used was strong enough. It took an animal to stab a man a hundred times and decapitate him and rip his heart out. It took an animal to beat a woman they were sex trafficking with a bat 28 times, indenting part of her body. And it took an animal to kidnap, drug, and rape a 14-year-old Houston girl. Frankly, I think that the term animal doesn't go far enough. And I think that the president should continue to use his platform and everything he can do under the law to stop these types of horrible, horrible, disgusting people. She's got a big swinging dick, too. Good for her. That was a smackdown. Now, a recap to, um, to Sarah Huckabee Sanders' point. This is from Liz Wheeler over at uh, One American Network. Just a recap of crimes to which MS-13 has been attributed or, or associated. Uh, beheading, ripping out the hearts of, lives, uh, of live victims, sexual torture, amputated hands, run over with a car, gunshot to the back of the head, mutilated by machete, slash stomach open on victim, and just plain old... No frills, nothing fancy murder. That's what we're talking about. I mean, Caesar wouldn't do that to me. And maybe if he had opposable thumbs and a machete, he might. But But these people are worse than animals. They knew exactly what he was talking about. It was very obvious. They just willfully misrepresented him. I think it's really cute that you still think that some people are just lazy. But you watch 30 seconds of that clip and you know. And they deliberately. My, my point is that someone had to start it. Like someone had to put this out right away. And I think you know, whether it was AP, whether it was Andrea Mitchell at NBC or whoever this is, someone had to put it out. And then, of course, all of these people of this mindset, this anti-Trump, this Trump deranged mindset 
just latch onto it and think, oh yeah, yeah, he said that, he said that. Let's just let's run with it. Go, go, tweet it out, put it out there, write a story, all this. But it, now, the primary source was only thirty seconds long. That's that's a point in your column for sure. Is that they had to go? All you had to do was go and look at a very brief clip to and see what was going on. And the people didn't include that and did include the subsequent information. They had to know because they knew when to yeah. edit out. If you if you go and watch Pacman's show, he plays the clip. Do you know where they? Do you know where they cut it? Whoever's doing the production right on that show, Trump's I don't know if it's him or response. who's doing it. Like the second yeah. before the second after she said MS thirteen. Like that's deliberate, dude. Yeah, of course it is. Certain immigrants, and and the thing that bothers me about that is technically, that's true. Technically, I suppose, yeah. It's but it's not. Uh, it's misleading. It's absolutely of misleading. Yeah. What a bunch of hacks. Uh, now, I I thought this point was interesting too because you and I have discussed previously after we've watched some more cringy Trump meetings at the White House. Think of the gun control meeting. There were some other ones. And you had made the point Trump shouldn't be making these these meetings public. Here's an example where I think there's a clear benefit to the meetings being public. I like having direct access to the president so I don't have to go through these dishonest middlemen who tell me what he said. I can just go see. Well, what right. did he say? I don't need your reporting on what he told me. I'll just go look at what the White House YouTube channel says. That's so true. one important um, one important thing to consider when we talk about making his meetings public, although, as you described earlier, sometimes, like when we're talking about Dianne Feinstein and gun control, I'd rather not see the sausage being made. Yeah. It's very uh, unpleasant. Um, the other thing I wanted to say, too, is some of these reactions were actually after it was made clear to these people that he was talking about MS-13. So Luis Gutierrez, the guy who said it's clear that the president wants a war on Latinos. And then he said it, Americans don't make a distinction between MS-13 and immigrants. So Trump, wa- so Trump wants a war on immigrants is what he was saying. How Inadvertently, stupid does he think he's, are? he's lumping in MS-13 and immigrants, not Trump. Yeah. You're the one doing. Do you you're really the one equating immigrants with MS-13. <laughs> like you're the one doing it's like that. Like everyone in Mexico is like this. It's- yeah. Uh, so so what's interesting to me about his reaction is he he's he was either told or he saw that Trump was talking about MS-13 and he still doubled down. Yeah. His reaction is to double down and say, well, MS-13, they're immigrants too. Like he that's that's a level of Trump derangement that's amazing. And I think that's uh, there are a couple of points of analysis or t- analysis or takeaway here. One, this is a window into these people's processes, reporters and and politicians, oh, yeah. whether it's laziness, whether it's malice. You know that they just see this information. They, they immediately um, try to make it fit the worldview they're, they're trying to push. So, you know, not that we need to convince our audience to distrust mainstream media figures more. But this is a window into the process that they use. Um Sorry, go ahead. I mean, it's good, though, that they're continuing to do this because if they ever developed a level of understanding of or nuance in the things that he said, the, the left would be become dangerous again. They would become more appealing. But mm. as long as they continue to do this, um, the general public is just going to become impervious to their criticisms of Trump. Because right. Everything and is that, such a huge deal. That's what's so insane is like, they're especially like the Nancy Pelosi's, the Luis Gutierrez's, even a lot of the people in the media, their equation, their view of the world is if Trump likes it, it's bad. If Trump says it's bad, it's good. Well, what about murderous torturing gangs? Well, if Trump doesn't like them, there's probably something redeeming about them. We just right. have to figure it out. Or so, yeah. Kim Jong-un. What about that? <laughs> it's like gang members and a horrible yeah. dictator. Are you guys serious? And it's like, you know, as somebody, believe me, I'm open to a Trump alternative. I really am. I'm not like big time Trumpy guy. I'm not the president's biggest fan. It's not like I couldn't conceive myself voting for somebody else. But to the point you're making, if you're asking me to choose between Trump or MS-13 defender guy, 
it's not a hard choice. Come on. Yeah. This is, this is amazing. And if you're, if you're all finished up on this, there's another point in how Democrats are going to lose in 2018. I could have lumped all of this in with how Democrats will lose in 2018, but did you have a chance to listen to what Keith Ellison said on a different topic? So you're, you're all finished with MS 13 then. Yeah. 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 Okay. So we'll, we'll, we'll get through this before we move back to a break, but this is Keith Ellison talking about how it's not enough. Recall in, um, Recall that Dodd-Frank, the financial reform bill after the crash, that among its many regulations, it requires that all these uh, publicly traded companies disclose the ratio of their CEO pay to their average worker. I don't know why, I guess, so investors know, presumably, but uh, whatever. Anyway, it requires that they disclose that. Keith Ellison has been investigating this and, and, and learning, my goodness, these executives make a lot more money than the average worker. It's almost as though their services are more valuable than the average worker or something like that. um, Transparency is not enough, says Keith Ellison. Asked directly by a Bloomberg TV anchor, well, what are you saying? Are you saying the government should regulate executive pay? And Keith Ellison says, I think that's a very good idea. So here's another demonstration in how Democrats are going to lose miraculously in 2018. Now, a demonstration in how Democrats will miraculously lose in 2018 and beyond. Just win, baby. That's a sports term. That's a warrior sports term. To your point, there is a new report about the pay discrepancy between workers and CEOs. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, we found the CEOs are paid exorbitant amounts of money compared to the workers. But how bad and extreme it was really was even shocking to me. When you talk about a company like Mattel, they make almost, their CEO makes almost 5,000 times more than the average worker. You get companies like The Gap, you know, their their CEO makes, you know, well over 1,000 times more than the average worker. McDonald's, the same thing. Congressman, if you really want to make progress in this area, is it enough to just get disclosure? Because I think that's what you're advocating. Are you favoring the government actually regulating the relationship between CEO pay and the average worker? I think it's a very good idea, and I think we should start talking about it. I think, but but I want to go further than that. I'd like to see shareholders say, wait a minute, what's going on with my dividend? Wait a minute, what kind of risks uh, are you taking on to get these exorbitant amount, amounts of money that could uh, end up imperiling the company? Hmm. Let's just follow this logic just, just one step further. So you're an entrepreneur. And you have a great, you've got an Uber level idea, something that's going to be a market disrupting force that's going to make you filthy rich. Mm-hmm. What do you do? What do you do? Are you going to, are you going to do it? Are you going to move to another country and do it, knowing that the government's going to regulate CEO pay? I mean, the obvious conclusion of this is that it's going to stifle the entrepreneurial spirit. Duh, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, we already know he's, he's team, uh, fight for 15, $15 minimum wage. Uh, so we're going to have minute, we're going to have wage floors floor and, and ceilings. ceilings. Yes. Um, uh, th- this is straight up socialism were this to be impl- were this to be, um, implemented. This is the government, <laughs> this is government running private business. Okay. This is government, this is government deciding how wealth is going to be distributed rather than market forces. And the point you made earlier, you always hear this framed by people on the key of the Keith Ellison persuasion by saying something to the effect of, does the CEO really work a thousand times harder than the average worker? Well, that's the wrong way to look no, at it. But I bet Mattel, I bet the CEO is 5,000 times more important than any individual worker. 
Yes. So in terms of the value it provides to the company, if you're McDonald's CEO, who he cited as an example, the value you provide to the company by creating a plan that is going to help you outcompete Wendy's and Arby's and all the rest of these places, the value to do that on a national level is a lot higher than the guy flipping the burgers. It just is. And, yeah. th and that value is determined by market forces and, yes, the shareholders and the stakeholders in the company. And that's the other thing that really bugs me is he... He says, well, I want to see shareholders get involved here and really start asking questions. Yeah, but they're the ones who made the investment. So they're right. going to decide if the CEO pay is appropriate or yeah. not. They're going to decide if their return is worth what and they're paying the executive. And if the pie is getting bigger, then they want to compensate the CEO accordingly because they're getting richer. This is idiotic. This is a low IQ argument. Only somebody that has nothing to offer the world that can't compete in the free market would want this. I, I can't understand. I mean, I'm with him in that like shareholders should be... Um, critical but it's like it's your investment shareholder guy you can be as involved with it involved with it or not like you're the one the shareholders the people who are going to be uh, putting the board in place and the board's going to be the one deciding the ceo and all this they're the ones who have the stake in the company they're the ones who get to make these decisions not the government why why, why keith why should you be the one telling mcdonald's shareholders how to run the company it's not fair it's not fair <laughs> So, anyway, you know, if he didn't sell you on his I don't believe in borders, maybe he's selling you on his straight up why not communism. That's going to be his next T-shirt. Why not communism with a hammer and sickle? Man, the left is screwed. What are they going to do? <laughs> well, they should continue doing all of this. Yeah. This is and, by the, and, and to reiterate, just in case you aren't familiar with Keith, deputy chair of the party, just under Tom Perez, is not fringe Democrat guy. This no. is deputy chair of the party. Talking about wage floors and ceilings government regulating these things no matter the hoover institute just proved that it causes the the, the uh, minimum wage causes the lowest sector of workers to lose 125 dollars a month which is increasing homelessness it's like they don't yeah. actually give a shit about poor people this is infuriating well, yeah, they're, gonna, they're gonna do the same thing in seattle with that stupid head tax i don't have time to talk about that but they're gonna know, they're gonna so do their bad. best to push amazon and starbucks and microsoft right out of seattle yeah. Speaking of Starbucks, I have more news on that front, but we should probably maybe take a little break here. And then I have Starbucks and um, this delightful story out of Canada about the Muslim, the Muslim spa worker against the tranny. It's a gross one. Seeker. Um, let me see. Let me see. <laughs> oh, there it is. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I have to reload this. Did you actually lose it? <laughs> okay. All right. Um. <laughs> okay, we're good, we're good. Okay, okay, go. Uh, Three-sided coin said, I once asked, you guys are discussing, Matt to make love, he turned me down, so I Davided his hag, if you know what I mean. I, I actually don't know what that means. Yeah, that, that's, that's is that a David Hogg joke? What yeah, is that? But I think he meant hog. He oh, did say David it. at his hog. Okay. You guys are gross. Uh, Fitzburg yeah. says regarding regarding the love MS13 was getting this week. If Trump were to say bad things about Nambla, would libs and the media defend? Ooh, man, if Trump really wants to get trolly, yeah, he should condemn Nambla. He should do a press conference condemning Nambla tomorrow. Did you Good love call. that Jeopardy music for this specific instance? Yes. <laughs> Why do you think I put that in there? 
Um, dildo swagons. <laughs> I don't think this is a can't get laid problem. These guys just need to learn with their ranges. If you're a five, don't go after nines until you make enough money. And I did see a picture of that girl and she was like a real smoke show. Hmm. I also think there's another side of this too, where male expectations may have been warped. We do at some level have an entertainment culture or a pop culture culture. And you'll, I've heard Shapiro and others talk about this, but it suggests that sex is very freely available and that it's pretty easily acquired. It kind of gives you a distorted yeah. view of what to expect. I don't think men, as far as physical expectations, just based on the couples that I see, which are very frequently a handsome man with like an ugly as hell girl. Hmm. I see that dynamic all the time. I talk about it in my last video. Just based on that, I don't think that men are like expecting and feeling entitled to having sex with like the hottest chick at school. Maybe. I don't know. I think there's an argument there that maybe some of the expectations are warped, which leads to some dissatisfaction. But um, Jess Han of Jess and Josh. Sean and yeah. Jen would get stomped. Blonde, you look great. <laughs> Josh had to leave for the evening, but some shekels for me. Give up the good work and good luck with the baby making. Thank you. And good luck with your baby. Yeah, she's growing one. Um, thank you, Jess. Uh, Adolph Hogg, when I was in high school, we had H10 police officers on campus at a school of 3,000. What's the holdup hmm. on hiring if they're so concerned about protecting the students? I think we had a few too. And we had, I went to a high school of like. I definitely didn't have any, 2000. but I went to a high school of like 200 kids. You went to a high school of 200 kids? I graduated with 32, yeah. Were you the most popular kid in school? Well, no, not really. Uh, there were no popular kids because the it was so small. It was uh, there wasn't really like that. There dynamic. were no popular. I don't even believe. I it. mean, kind. I don't know. It's just so small that there weren't. There wasn't that kind of hierarchy, really. I didn't know your high school. But was so but small. in my early high school years, I was like cripplingly introverted, like horror, like just you know, I had so much like orthodontic work and stuff that I was so self conscious and just yeah, I was very very quiet until like junior or senior year, and then I got oh. most changed. My award in the yearbook oh, was most changed. Look, I mean, yeah. did you just have braces? Uh, I was more than that. It was more than that. And it's a long story. I'm glad it's done because my teeth would have been horrifying if it wasn't. But, uh, it's more than I can explain right now. Okay. Very embarrassing. It just made my teeth look terrible. And, you know. I had braces that, glow, that glowed in the dark. Ooh. Ugh. I did have braces, though, for like two years. But that wasn't what embarrassed me. It was the stuff before that. Oh, I didn't know any of this stuff, Skag. Another uh, time. Filbert 53 Rogers, if an authoritarian is what it takes to get illegals out, then so be it. <laughs> Fair trade. <laughs> Um, Redicus Hanlon's razor too lazy to watch or Ackham's razor pure malice. Also, at what point do we go? We pull a Pinochet and bring in the helicopter for the commies. I, we're almost hmm. there, bro. Uh, three sided coin. I think we need to show Nancy, David, and whoever this Latino is a picture <laughs> of a shaved eyeball still in its eye socket <laughs> that MS 13 did. A shaved a eyeball. What does that even mean? And I think they like with a razor, like cut off the cornea. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Those guys aren't messing around. Yeah. Uh, liberative. This Thank is you for time. referring to them as human and preserving their humanity. Such a good person. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, liberative. This is the second time I've heard a libertarian fascist as a label this weekend. This weekend, yeah. those terms are quite literally mutually exclusive. That this new dismissive label from the left is uneducated, but is a new talking point. I know, yeah. right? Well, to be fair, they called me a pseudo libertarian fascist, which I guess I assume I interpret to mean fake libertarian fascist, like fake libertarian actual fascist. But, but that I don't means know quasi. Right? Not, how? Well, yeah, like sem. Yeah, you're right. It's not. I, I, I just even if you were faking it, even if I was fraudulently a libertarian, how could a libertarian front be? How would that serve a fascist purpose? I don't understand. People are retarded. Um, Stephen Alexander. Oh, I just read that one. Wait, no, I didn't. 
Uh, Stephen Alexander, even if it was true that most Americans don't make the distinction between most Latinos and MS-13 gang members, whose fault would that be? Answer the fake news liberal media. Yes. Yeah, they're the ones who blur the lines between illegal immigrants and legal immigrants. I, it's, I think it's fair to say there's a, there. Luis Gutierrez is blurring the line between violent gang members and people who come across the border legally to become citizens. Is that of this something country. he really wants to do? Being a part of the group that he's claiming to represent, he's Apparently. like, oh, yeah, these gang members is just every every man, every Mexican. I couldn't board. believe what I was that? hearing from him. Uh, that, that guy's insane. Um, the human shrug says, in my opinion, Trump is 60% mega and 40% cringe. Good enough for me. Hashtag Trump 2020. That's pretty accurate. Well, and um, juxtaposed with his competition, he can be 1090 for all I care. Yeah. I'd rather take cringe than pro MS-13. For sure. You know? <laughs> yeah. uh, Truck 754, state-run private industry isn't socialism. It is fascism. Socialism is state-owning the means of production. True. Um, well, in this case, I'm talking about state state management of the means of production, which is what Keith Ellison is is advocating. Mm -hmm. Maybe not ownership, I guess. He's not advocating a takeover, but he is advocating the government telling the means of production, private ownership of the means of production, what to do. Yep. Uh, two more, mm -hmm. Redicus. We don't need a commie Corbin stateside. The only politician that I have seen next to a big photo of Stalin. All right, last one. Judsky 77. Um, and I'll circle back for the others. If you take the McDonald's CEO salary, 1.6 million from 2016, take the number of employees worldwide, 1.5 million, everyone gets a $1.07 raise per year. I mean, that seems to be more of an apples to apples. His, his salary is only, he's got to have a lot more bonuses or something than that. Yeah, I mean, that doesn't seem like an exorbitant salary to me. That seems tiny to me. I would have guessed way more, way more. Yep. Um, if they're creating but jobs, there's... then they should be getting paid more. Of course. Of course. All right, we're mm -hmm. good to go speaking of um uh, i was gonna say what uh, how can i link mcdonald's and starbucks fast food doesn't really work whatever nice transition a plus work S speaking of starbucks previously so recall that starbucks was in all that hot water because they those two black guys came in and wanted to sit there and buy nothing and starbucks had the had the audacity to tell them to buy something or leave and then there were those other examples, like in there was one in um, Torrance, California, where a black guy said he got kicked out for the same thing. And then we had Hotep Jesus going in and getting his reparations, oh, yeah. his reparations coffee and all that. So the Starbucks, um, the Starbucks story continues to unfold. Recall that Starbucks is going to have its racial bias training meetings on Tuesday, a week from Tuesday, May 29th, the day after Memorial Day. They're going to close down for the afternoon 8,000 stores to retrain their employees in how not to be racist. But um, in the meantime, there is a new Starbucks policy in play, a new, or a, new, uh, a new policy about whether you can go in there and buy something, whether you can use the bathroom. The new policy is do whatever you want, set up a camp, just don't call us racist. Seriously, the policy is no purchase needed to sit in cafes. You can go in there and camp out all you want. You can go in there and use the bathroom. You don't have to buy anything. You heard it. You heard it here, Seattle hobos. Get to the Starbucks and set up camp. I want to see this in action. Go trash all their stores right now. Yeah, really. They're like, should I go shoot up at that safe shoot up site or should I just use the Starbucks that are on every corner in the city? Yes. So that's going to be very interesting. So Starbucks is fully caving to the maximum extent saying, Please, we'll do anything. We'll give you, they're one step away from giving away free coffee and scones and all that. Uh, just don't, just so they don't appear racist. But the allegations of racism continue. Uh, so, because a Starbucks in LA, apparently a barista there allegedly wrote the word beaner on a Hispanic customer's cup. 
This is a Starbucks in La Cañada Flint Ridge near uh, LA or LA County. Um, after this, um, after this allegedly happened. So let's check out the local news report on what happened at this LA area. Uh, Starbucks. New trouble tonight for Starbucks, still reeling from several ugly racial incidents. A worker at a La Kenyatta Flint Ridge Starbucks allegedly wrote a slur that is very offensive to Latinos on a customer's cop. Miguel Acosta defending his friend after learning he received this drink from the La Kenyatta Flint Ridge Starbucks. What's funny? Can I, can I just ask what's. <laughs> this is very serious and not funny at all. On the label, a racial slur toward Latinos. His co-worker helps translate. Yesterday went to Starbucks and they asked for his name and his name is Peter and they wrote this beaner um, and he's saying that it's not fair. Miguel says his friend didn't deserve this and doesn't understand why he was targeted. And his friend's really sad right now with everything that's going through. So it's really hard. This incident comes one month after a black man at a Torrance Starbucks claims he was denied access to a bathroom. And in Philadelphia, two black men were arrested after waiting for a business meeting at a Starbucks. And now, racist remarks on cops. The company released this statement saying, this is not indicative of the type of experience we want our customers to have when they walk into our stores. We have apologized to them directly and are working to make things right. Dude, I don't buy this. First of all, why wasn't this guy speaking English? Well, uh, what do you mean? The, 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 but that's the thing. That wasn't the guy. That was just his friend. Yeah. So I have to hear your friend's account in Spanish. Correct. Yeah. No. No. What if his me. English was so bad that he was like, my name is Peter? And he thought that it was, you just said Beaner. I, am I crazy for thinking that? Because I, I want to go, I kind of want to go back and listen to that. <laughs> That was my initial response was the way you just said Peter <laughs> kind of sounded like Beaner. Oh so His name is Beaner. Like that's the way she said it. I want to hear this again because uh, that seems absurd. But honestly, it sounds like Beaner. Um, and he's saying that it's not fair. Yesterday went to Starbucks and they asked for his name. Flynn Rich Starbucks. Yesterday went to Starbucks and they asked for his name and his name is Peter. And they wrote this Beaner. Doesn't that sound sort of similar? Anyway, so we're dealing with a few possibilities here. One is that Peter and Beaner were genuinely confused. That would be one possibility. The other could be genuine malice on the part of the worker. Like, I'm racist and I'm putting Beaner on this cup through the computer system, mind you. It wasn't written uh, in pen. It was in the computer system, punched in. Uh, or a third tinfoil hat theory these people set it up, went in and said, I want my cup to say Beaner just so they could do this whole yeah, outrage yeah. dance, which honestly, the way people are trying to set up Starbucks right now, I could see as plausibly happening. Sure. I'm not accusing they, these people they just of gave this, but a huge payout. They, now people are incentivized to do crap like this. Yeah. We might I, have a, a Yanni Laurel situation on our hands where the, <laughs> sure. where the person was just thinking so hard about Wait, not being racist that they were like, oh, he definitely said Beaner, right? Let's uh, up the frequency and see if it sounds like Beaner. <laughs> Uh, but I, but to your point, I have a hard time believing this was genuine malice. Yeah, is- um, if you're the employee, one, it's in the computer. You know you're going to be caught. And two, like this is in the midst of Starbucks's crazy racist allegations. I just have a hard time believing that this was a racist employee going. Ha, I'll show that Mexican. I'm going to write. I know, where was this again? Uh, La Cañada, Flint Ridge, California. I mean, near LA. It's there's so many Mexicans there that. 
you know, it's probably a Hispanic employee. Yeah, really. Um, and how many white people are left there to even be racist against Mexicans? Yeah, we don't know. I don't know anything about the employee. I didn't see anything on that in the report. This, seems, so. this stinks of trolling to me. Did you, uh, it could be, it could be deliberately set up, but you know, th- that employee will learn how not to be racist next Tuesday and this will all be fixed. Uh, and then the hobo encampments will definitely attract more people to Starbucks. Honestly, I, I want nothing to do with Starbucks now after all this stuff. It's like, I don't want to go in. I, I, I'm, I don't want to go into an urban Starbucks cause it's going to be full of hobo encampments. Yeah. And I don't want to support Starbucks generally cause they've just shown themselves to be political ideologues who would rather harm their own business than seek the truth. Like we, to date, we've still never seen the surveillance footage of what happened in Philadelphia. And we know that it's there because there are cameras in that Starbucks. Starbucks knows exactly what happened in that Philadelphia uh, store. And they'd rather take the public PR hit to show how virtuous they are yeah. than prove these allegations wrong. They, they don't want to stand up for themselves. This is another one for the apologize for nothing camp. Yeah. If they would have done nothing, this would have blown over. Everybody would have forgotten about it. They wouldn't have had nobody to pay anybody cared. out. Yeah, nobody yeah. would have cared. People are worried about getting good coffee from a convenient place that's clean and cheap. And that's pretty much it. Pretty much. Pretty like, much. Nobody cares about all this social justice shit. Did you see what's going on with Cheesecake Factory in the meantime? Uh, I didn't. So, interesting. Uh, similar, interesting parallel story. The Cheesecake Factory is apologizing after a report that a black man was harassed by employees at a Miami store for wearing a MAGA hat. The incident allegedly occurred last Sunday when 22-year-old Eugene, Eugene Yor, I don't know how to say his name, Eugene Yor Joseph was seated at the restaurant. He, he, this guy gave this story to the Daily Wire. And according to his account, which at least was later at least partially uh, confirmed by the company, about a dozen employees then approached the table. He's sitting at the table with his MAGA hat to comment on the hat with some reporting reportedly saying that they wanted to quote punch Joseph in the face, mocking and intimidating him. Uh, since, um, cheesecake factory has apologized saying no guest should ever feel unwelcome in one of our restaurants. And we are taking this matter very seriously upon learning of the incident. We immediately, uh, apologize to the guests in person. The individuals involved in this incident have been suspended pending the results of our investigation. Now they're saying too on Twitter, that at least uh, some of the results of this investigation are uh, available or the investigation is concluded because Cheesecake Factory now says, um, we are very disappointed to learn that two staff members made disparaging remarks about Mr. Joseph's hat that made him and his family feel unwelcome. As a result, as of Tuesday, those two individuals are no longer employed with the company. No guest should ever feel unwelcome with our rest uh, and one of our restaurants. And we are very sorry. Our investigation is ongoing and we've reached out to Mr. Joseph directly to ask for assistance. So at least in part confirmed by the company, all I've heard so far is hearsay, but I will take the company at its word. Point is, where's the good morning America story? Where's the, the Starbucks or the, the cheesecake factory protests? Why aren't we seeing the same type of reaction here? I have my theories. You know why? It, it, it's, well, it's the same thing, though. It's still a black guy. So apparently black guys who are pro-Trump don't count. That's yeah. the conclusion. Look at what's happened to Candace. Yeah. It, being a pro-Trump just negates your, your black experience. Right. You become an Uncle Tom. Mm-hmm. You become a coon. You become a whatever. Become a traitor. Yeah. But the, the fact pattern is essentially the same as the Starbucks thing. Where's Robin Roberts and George Stephanopoulos sitting on ABC in the morning going, who hasn't just gone into a cheesecake factory for some nice cheesecake <laughs> without being. And 
And by the way, the what's what happened in this case is actually worse if you believe the testimony because this wasn't just um, this wasn't just an employee saying buy something or leave. This was an employee or multiple employees actively harassing the guy. Yeah. Not just saying please leave, actively threatening him with violence if the testimony is to be believed. Nobody cares. Robin Roberts doesn't care. George Stephanopoulos doesn't care. Michael Strahan doesn't care. They're just journalists doing their jobs. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Last story if you're ready for it, because I love this story. It's wild. I saw it in Black Pigeon Speaks new video. <laughs> oh, did he? Did he discuss this? <laughs> so um, let's pull it up here. This is out of uh, Windsor, Canada, right across the river from, um, from Detroit. Beautiful Detroit. In Windsor, Ontario, a waxing spa has been... They say that weird spa, spa, a waxing spa has been served with a human rights complaint after the owner or after the spa uh, in general refused to offer a transgender client a Brazilian wax, uh, a Brazilian wax service. So just to be clear, waxing off the pubes, that's what we're talking about here. Like full off. Right. Nothing left. Nice and clean. They refused to offer this Brazilian waxing service to a transgender person, so a biological male claiming to be a female, because the spa doesn't offer that service on male body parts. Uh, said the spa owner, I have no male wax staff. We are not able to provide that service. The, the transgender person claims he was denied service based on gender identity and is seeking $50,000 in damages for immense harm to my dignity. Now here's the twist. The controversy arose when the transgender person called to inquire about the services, but was refused because the female spa employee working that day is a practicing Muslim who refrains from physical contact with males outside of her family. Dun, dun, dun. Right. Yes. The, uh, the owner said the only staff member he had who does male waxing was off on sick leave. And there was, so there was nobody else to do this. The owner says the business has no policy against serving transgender clients. They just don't have the staff to do it at that moment. So it's not even that he refuses to do a male waxing per se. It's he doesn't have the staff to do it. And the one Muslim there is like, I'm not touching dicks because it's against my religion. Was That's this what a pre-op tranny? They said male parts. They refused to do it on So was he male. like, wax my balls? Presumably. That's, that's my takeaway. Yeah, I'm team um, Muslim on this one. <laughs> said the uh, owner in a statement, I once again reiterate and state my position and the position of Mad Wax Windsor Inc., his business, that all clients, regardless of sex, gender, gender identity, sexual orientation, are welcome. However, we also welcome and support all of our staff members and respect their religious beliefs and feelings of safety and dignity in regards to the right to perform waxing service services on males or male genitals. The owner said 98% of the spa's clientele is female and all of his staff are female. The spa has done waxing on the arms and backs of male clients in the past. Um, we have been asked about male Brazilian wax in the past. We tell them we're not able to provide that service and they move on. He said, it's never been an issue before. Gross. To your team Muslim. I actually, well, I, I am obviously too. I, I, I've said it a million times. Any exchange of goods or services should be mutually uh, agreed to. should be voluntary. If one party doesn't agree to it, it's not going to happen. Very simple. Just find somebody else outside of Detroit to wax your weird balls, Tranny. <laughs> what is this world? Did you hear the sentence that just came out of my mouth? What is happening? 
<laughs> You're owed $50,000 because of immense harm to your dignity because someone didn't want to wax your nuts. <laughs> Can I call this place and say they won't wax my nuts and it's because of discrimination against males? Give me a check. Now, here's the thing. Yeah. No comment so far from Justin Trudeau. And I got to think this is a real pickle for him because how would the SJWs respond? They're would like, they is the Muslim do? supposed to be forced to serve the tranny or is the tranny supposed to be rejected because of religious freedom? My guess is they're going to say that the business has an obligation to serve that person, hire someone to serve that person. Like that way they protect the Muslim's religious belief. The, the, the burden is on the business to hire someone to do that service. This is my speculation, but think about that. Think about the implication there. That's not just the government requiring that you serve everyone. That's the government saying if you aren't able to, if you actually aren't able to, we're going to force out. you to hire someone to do it and yeah. you're going to be on the hook to pay for it. That's some real tyranny if well, it comes to that. who outranks who on the victim hierarchy? I would have to say the tranny at this point in time would outrank the Muslim. I don't know. I, I mean, it's based on, on percentage of the population, right? Or is it multifactorial? I always assumed... We know that they don't have a simple mathematical calculation. They can't do math. <laughs> yeah. They can't do math. Math is a tool of the patriarchy, of course. Yeah. And uh, of course, Western white supremacism. That's where math came from. Even though it was, wasn't math. Algebra was developed by the Islamic world, though. So maybe, I don't know. What, what are they going to do about this? I mean, nobody's going to talk about it. That's how they deal with these things. Maybe. Uh, also, I, I, I want to comment from Bernie. Is tranny waxing a human right? That's the question that... <laughs> That we're dealing with. I want to hear Bernie say that tranny ball wax is a human right <sighs> and the, the business has to oblige. And uh, but, like female waxing is, you know, you have to take consideration to the anatomy of the person when you're hmm. doing it. It's waxing somebody's balls is probably a whole different game. So a skilled waxer in one arena is not necessarily qualified to do the right. other. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. You could really mess up somebody's scrotum, I think, by waxing it. I have no experience. It'll surprise you, you to learn. You have no experience in yeah. waxing that Or just waxing in general. Uh, yeah, I have no idea what that feels not like. super gay. I, I can't imagine what that feels like to have those hairs ripped out. <sighs> uh, yeah. Good luck. Good luck to this transgender person. I'd also like to hear somebody who, um, as presumably there's somebody out there who thinks that, um, who, who might say that the Muslim, the Muslim spa worker has no obligation to serve to do the tranny ball wax because of religious objections, but would also force a Christian baker to bake the cake. You know, this is another one of those good litmus test cases for intellectual consistency. If you want to force the Christian baker to bake the cake, why are presumably you have to force the Muslim lady to touch those balls, wax up those <laughs> balls and rip it off. Uh, That's your job lady. You're going to touch those balls. The live chat agrees that you should get your balls waxed for journalism. <laughs> uh, i was gonna say are we gonna are we gonna have a super chat financing of this but i do not invite that i don't even know if the i'm sure there's a place to get it done in town here i actually have no idea in town, i doubt it you'd probably have to leave bozeman you think there's got to be a waxing spa here i would assume so many ones in the live chat <laughs> <laughs> uh no no i'm not doing that <laughs> damn it no uh, so uh, we'll have to pay attention. There's no, this, this lawsuit is pending. I don't have answers yet, but I will be paying attention to figure out according to the Canada They're human rights, whatever it is they have, 
how this is resolved because either someone's religious rights and just the right to refuse service generally are going to be violated or some tranny's right to have his balls waxed is going to be denied. Which are you going to pick? Which right is more important, religious rights or the right to have your balls waxed? It's that meme with the person with the button sweating. Right, exactly. It is. And Trudeau's sweating. Yeah, it's Trudeau going, (laughs) what do I do? How do my Ramadan socks solve this? Oh boy, is that our last one? That is the last story I had for well, the night, so we can round it out with Super Chat. Cool. Holy guacamole says, this show is top-notch quality. How is it that CRTV hasn't contracted with you guys? Would you accept if they or any other network made you a good offer, or would you want to remain independent? Oh, we talked about it before. Um, it would have to be such a crazy offer for us not to... We love being independent. Uh, the price for me to surrender any creative control of this is... Um, I'm not saying it's impossible, but it's not going to happen. Yeah, It's not going to happen. The other thing, I, and this is not a knock on CRTV. They can run it however they want. Um, I'm not a fan of paywall content, though. And yeah. the reason is, and I think we agree on this, um, we do want to build a living for ourselves to be able to do this, of course. But ultimately, we're also in the business of changing minds. And as soon as you put something behind a paywall, yeah. you, it, it limits people's ability to share it with each other and say, hey, here are some thoughts you might consider. Yep. Accessibility was really important to both of us. And both of us started our channels um, without thinking that we were ever going to be able to financially support ourselves this way. It was purely about reaching large masses. Yeah. Um, that's not to say that like, I don't have a price. Like if CRTV came to me and they like, we'll give you a million dollars. I'd be like, fuck YouTube. I'm out of here. <laughs> um, but you know, I, I really, yeah. really, really don't want to surrender any creative control to anybody even the smallest thing. I love the status quo. You know, whenever people ask me like, well, what do you want to do? It's like, I just want to do this. Yeah. I just want to do this. I, I like, want to do this show. That's exactly I like being it. beholden yeah. to people who choose to support this show and have it free to, uh, to new people who are just checking yeah. it out. Yeah, and I'm, and that's why I'm so thankful to people who do choose to support this. Cause you're, yeah. you're, you're keeping that option available to us to be able to put this out there yeah. for other people to check out for free. And, and that's, um, that's a huge gift. And people would be able to vote on whether or not Skag should wax his balls. Like <laughs> of course. We wouldn't have we this chat over on CRTV. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. definitely true. Um, thank you for and that. And by the way, I, I, the, as we've mentioned in previous weeks, I immediately take away the live chat replay. So all oh, yeah. of your Don't horrendous worry. statements are safe. They're safe. Don't worry. They'll just drift into the ether, never to be seen again. So you guys yeah. can come back and be disgusting. Although and- I can turn them back on at any point in time. So <laughs> Really? Yeah, I can. It's just a checkbox. I can turn it on or off. I don't like it. Yeah. Irish Nat 117, no note, thank you. Um, Alexander V, no note, thanks. Hassan Chop, Dunkin' Donuts, Coffee Rocks, No Social Justice, and always a cop or two around. That is Mm. true. Thank you for that. Death Field, hashtag wax my balls. Make it happen, people. (laughs) And Three-Sided Coin, I think this is the last one. Let me reload really quick. Oh, no, it's not. A three-sided coin says, don't forget Orlando showed us that SJWs put Muslims above the LGBTQQIA. Ah, yes. Good reference. I forgot about that. Although that's two years ago. Maybe things have gotten more progressive since then. Who knows? Um, Sock puppet Joe Trudeau has before let Muslims uh, get their way as far as women. I say Muslims will be allowed to protect their religious freedom. Probably. I'm probably with Hmm. Um, Liberative. I ran the figures on this. If the Muslim was male, the tranny wins. <laughs> but because <laughs> the Muslim you. was a woman, her oppression is greater than that of the male to female tranny. That didn't occur to me. She has right. So if we're if we're operating under the theory of intersectionality, which I think he's getting at here, he the 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 Muslim woman does have two points, right? Yeah. Assuming the transgender person is white, 
That would only be yeah. one. But this transgender person is Canadian, so odds are pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, but they are a Canadian too. I mean, that's like having some sort of defect, right? <laughs> I don't think they count it that way. Uh, Deathfield says, we pay your bills, Matt, get waxing. <laughs> Bob Smith says, I have a right to refuse Matt. service, just like that Muslim spa worker. <laughs> oh, this is amazing. Bob yeah. Smith, wax, wax those balls, Matt. Uh, Redicus says, what about Crowder model hijab club? <laughs> Uh, so, so what do you, but, but you're still, what he's saying is instead of having a mug club for subscription, oh, gotcha. we have a hijab club. Um, but it's, it, it's still it. a subscription model whereby a lot of content is behind a paywall. And I just, that's, that's not something that I want to do. I'm not saying this it'll is why never we love happen. Super Chat too, and we but, get to read your disgusting comments about And it's more interactive. Yeah. It's more of a community yeah. building thing. Yeah, totally. Um, Maria Jameson, $50 for no paywall. Another big donation. Thank you. We really appreciate it. Well, thank that, you. Maria. You've been very generous tonight. Um, Gabriel Lopez, paywall is faggotry. Let me reload this, make sure that that was our last one, and we are good to go. All right. Well, I got to pee, as I always do at the end of the show, so I'm going to wrap it up there. Thank you, as always, to our super chatters and our live chatters and everyone hanging out live, um, keeping us informed when we sometimes lose track of the facts, giving us suggestions about how to manage our um, how to manage our genital grooming situation. Uh Appreciate you guys shitposting away and uh, hanging out. If you're listening later on YouTube or in an audio platform on demand, thank you kindly as well for supporting the show. Remember, if you can't get enough of this show, there is more material, including the call-in show we do on Wednesday nights, returning this week as normal after a break last week, as well as interviews and other stuff we've done elsewhere that you won't find on YouTube. Check those out. That's Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher. They're all linked conveniently in the description for you. And you can email us. That's beautyandthebeta at gmail.com. We'll be back next Sunday because if it's Sunday. Sorry, Chuck Todd. You and your sleepy eyes. It's not Meet the Press. It is Beauty and the Beta. See you then. Bye, guys.